Hello and welcome to Quest Me. Of course, I forgot to take the cover off. Gosh, there's always something at the beginning of these shows. Anyway, welcome to Quest Me, uh, your Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm a forever host, friend, and purgle tamer. Today, uh, we have very special guest, um, uh, two of them actually. Um, unfortunately, Justin couldn't make it tonight. Um, not yet. He might be here later. But um, duty calls. And those of you that watch the show, you know that that happens sometimes with Justin. And he definitely, uh, work is definitely a priority over the podcast. So we respect everything that he does and um, wish him a very safe evening. But tonight, of course, I have Phil with me. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing really well, Josh. How are you, man? Good. You have a new background. Look at that. You uh, this is this is a temporary one. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, North Glen Pirate Fest is this weekend. Uh, oh. So, Colorado folks, uh, if you have not gotten to go check out the North Glen Pirate Festival, uh, that is happening this weekend, and y'all should go check it out. Um, so, I... I can't be up there this weekend, but I am supporting my pirate crew from home. So you gotta, if you make it up that way, keep an eye out for the Crimson Mark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, they are going to be running for Pirate King. We got a uh, whole bunch of pirate activities going on, uh, but nice. they did unfortunately have to cancel their cardboard boat regatta. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> algae bloom in the uh, lake oh, where no. they would hold the event. And so oh, no. everything else is happening, but the, the cardboard regatta is canceled for this year. Hmm. Well, that sounds like yes. a, so a great time. Pirates. Is it the, is it the same group that I met at uh, Renaissance fair? Yes. Yes, cool. it is. It's the, awesome it's that same pirate crew that you met this summer. Awesome group of people for sure. Yeah. We're good, so. good dudes. So, well, thanks again for being here this week, Phil. It's always good to have our local fact checker on the show to keep me honest. Um, Today, we have filling in for Justin, no stranger to Quest Me. Um, he's supposed to be on later on this year, too. Uh, well, he was going to be joining us tonight, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's really good to have you here, Steve. Uh, thanks for popping on the show at late notice. How you doing? I don't, I don't know what we're supposed to do when we meet another Star Wars fan in the world. So I, I still give them the Vulcan salute, and it's like... <laughs> But you have a Star Wars sticker, so you must know from my car to your car. That's I what it. I mean. But I get it. We don't. We don't. We don't have a hand gesture. No, we just have oh, me the thank, force thank be you with for, you. That's all. I know, but you can't say that while we're oh while we're uh, driving. Thank I mean, you for having me on tonight. Absolutely. I, I'm pleased that I get two episodes this this season. But I know that if I hadn't come on tonight, when I came on for the finale, I would still be like. I gotta talk about everything that happened in episode five. And I would completely <laughs> forget why I was there. You so, you would if you would have had to perfectly the extra. So perfectly ha happenstance. Yeah, and uh, Steve had hit me up earlier and was like, "Man, I really wish that I was on for this episode." And I was like, "Well, you're in luck because Justin might not be here, so <laughs> I can keep you on deck." And I'm really uh, really happy that you're here to talk about this fantastic episode. It's it's one of the best things that we've seen in Star Wars in a long time. So. Um, Thanks. Thankfully, we have a we have a Justin in the chat to uh, take over for. Yeah, the, uh, I was. Oh, that, thank goodness, my, we got my, our chains covered. <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, 
hello to Claire and Justin in the chat. Claire, is my volume a little bit better now? I turned it up a little bit. I know that I've been having some issues for some reason with my volume. I don't understand why, but hopefully it's better now. Huh? Huh? Um, yeah. But good to see you, Steve, again. And I am so excited to talk about this episode. But of course, we have to introduce... Um, a new friend of QuestMe and to new person to the podcasting realm. I believe this is his first podcast ever. His name is Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great. It's super exciting to have you on. Uh, I met Nick at Thank San you. Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, he was on a panel with uh, Shauna Trip Tripkick. Is that how you say her name? Tripsick? Tri okay. The costume. We're never going to get it. No, but, but right? Shauna's the costume designer of Star Especially Wars. For drinking. And so, yeah. And so Nick and I were uh, uh, fortunate enough to share a panel with her. And uh, that's how we met. And we had kind of. And Steve was as well. Steve, Steve was, was also that there. Yes, that's right. Best um, out. Yeah. No, hey. you were there in spirit. I invited you. There was a little pirate seat at the end. You know, I appreciate so, that. That's Nick. probably where you were. I appreciate you know, that. One of these, I very, one of these very days. distinctly hear some like "ah" at the end of some of the questions. So I figured that was you. Yep. the the one The coolest Star thing about that Wars. that panel was uh, someone had come up to me after the panel and said, um, "Alan Three Dick," and that's just for those of you that listened to Sudden but Inevitable podcast with Jesse and I. Um, we had the joke of Alan Three Dick for that entire series of Firefly, and to have someone come up to me after and say that was just—it it melted my heart, and it was such a fun experience. Um, and I got to meet a ton of awesome people, including Nick, who is a fantastic artist. Um, tell Thank us a you. little bit about about what you do in the real world. Uh, you know, I I do freelance art for you know clients or or uh, Patreon. I have a Patreon where uh, some few people take uh, pity on me and send me some money every month and so I can keep doing art. And um, I just do a lot of in-universe fan art because that's just, you know, that's my jam. I, I love creating art that could be part of actual fans, even if it is a bit tongue-in-cheek. But I know. I just love doing stuff like that. That is super cool, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh... yeah that that is uh, I just we had uh, ironically we had um, a Star Wars convention out here called Legends Con, which uh, was the first time they ever had, ever did it. It was a an extension for or was it a, a convention for um, the extended universe, the Legends universe, as well as the extended um, canon universe. Um, so yeah, I, I had jaded these and they're like stone marble coasters. I mean, they they came out sick. Those are gorgeous, they're, man. They're nice really work. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And anyone, anyone who's ever come across the, like the Firefly destination travel posters, which I mean, yeah, the, 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 this, this the, is the man right here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very, very good stuff. Um, and I, I believe I, I don't know if you can see it on my camera here, but there's a little poster right uh I noticed that. That's uh, so there. It's ah. right there. And uh our boy Nick Mal? here made it's Mal and the Mandalorian. 
Nice. So it's too. I know it's hard to see it, but yeah. Um, that was one of the. We did uh, a, a mashup theme for Comic Con. Yeah. So that was kind of the. Because Shauna Tripsick does the uh, did the um, costumes for Firefly and is currently doing Ahsoka, people were encouraged to mash those two universes up. So yep. that was my mission to mash them up. Oh, Hell yeah! And yeah, if you uh, if you follow us on TikTok, um, search Quest Me Podcast on TikTok. You can actually see and YouTube. Um, you can see some of the videos from that panel. Uh, I have some videos. I sneakily took videos from up on stage, and uh, it, it, unfortunately, Joshua wasn't sneaky. If you see every other video and picture of the panel, it's you and, it's you and me are shooting. Just like, shooting. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, it's so like, funny. It, it just, looks like we're just on our phones and not paying attention. Just, like, no, no, we're working. Shameless. It was shameless for sure. It's like ninjas wearing pink. Like, <laughs> you're, you're all sneaky, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, with, man. I'm going to record the whole thing, you know? <laughs> this, this is the same with folks when they're trying to text and drive, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm down here. It's like, <laughs> Helen, Helen you can't Keller see can, anything. Helen Keller can tell that you're texting while driving. Come on. Oh, man. Well, you know, thank Steve, you guys. I wanted to piggyback on oh. something you were saying about, like, you know, uh, as for Star, Star Trek, you know, you could always do this for Star Wars and just write Ichuta. And that would be like the <laughs> perfect sign for Star Wars. Hmm. Wait, I, I missed it. D I'm like, giving you like ideas. Jawas? Like you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, C3PO is talking about one How droid rude. in uh, Empire. It's like, you know, oh hello, Ichuta. How rude. <laughs> well, when when you meet a fan, sure, in, in person, it's it's real easy. But I, I'm thinking like when you see someone with like a lot of Star Wars stickers in their car. And then you're driving past them, and like you, you can hope they see your stickers. Oh, and yeah. then and then you do the the Vulcan, yeah. That's yeah. you but know I mean, at the you... at the con I was at, I actually had a, a portrait that I drew of I think it was Kirk, and I had stormtroopers walk by my booth and give me the eye. I'm like, I'm <laughs> sorry, they're right now. Oh, that's I, so I suppose if you see someone while driving and they and they happen to look at you at the right time, you could do the instead of a wave, you can do the force wave. And they should, they should get that. You gotta do the yeah, Kenobi one, though, with the two fingers. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> Like Wait, I do I, every I, time I, I approach an automatic ask. door. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Has anyone wanted to do that to a cop? <laughs> you don't need to see my identification. <laughs> you don't need to see any identification. I've always wanted to, but I'm like, I'm too chicken shit to do that. I mean, There's no way I'm going to do that. You know, it's a great way if you to find, find out the what one being cop... tased feels like. Or, or one out of ten, you get away with it. Yeah, you get the yeah. one. You, but then, my luck, I'd get the Star Trek fan. And he'd be like, okay, dude, get in the car. <laughs> and then you just reach up behind him. That was him not very go, logical, sir. Get mind. out of the car. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so Thank funny. Thank you, Steve. Well... It's great to have you all on tonight. <laughs> I am extremely excited to talk about this episode. Um, last week we had Chris, the other half of Sci-Fi Wise Guys, on to talk about episode four of Ahsoka. Um, if you haven't checked that one out, definitely check it out. Um, it was a lot of fun having Chris on. We uh, we covered a lot of good things there, um, and a and a little what what was it? A little video was a mashup video was created out of it. So it's that's a, that's another one that's on TikTok for sure. It's pretty funny. Um, but like I said, this week we got Nick, we got Steve, we got Phil here, and I'm just I, I'm just so excited to talk about it. But of course, we can't get into it 
before we go... To a bar far away. Phil, what are we drinking tonight, sir? Okay. <clears throat> this one took a little more prep, but was a, a faster uh, kind of idea than last week's. Uh, I'm naming this one after this episode. It's a Shadow Warrior. Uh, I made, uh, I found a, a tutorial a little while back where I found uh, the idea for doing uh, black vodka. It's really simple. It's just, you know, uh, vodka and uh, uh, black gel food coloring. Um, you can use liquid food coloring too. You just got to use a combination of like red and blue and green. Uh, but the, the black gel food coloring uh, in vodka. So this is the Shadow Warrior. It is that black vodka, about an ounce and a half of that, half ounce of lime juice, half ounce of uh, Grand Marnier uh, orange liqueur, and three ounces of this Original Sin uh, Black Widow Cider. So this is a blackberry hard cider. So you, you've lost me with the, the, the vodka, up and, but up until this point, <laughs> now I'm not. So, so it actually started as a riff on a Cosmo. Uh, but instead of doing cranberry juice, I just topped it with the, uh, with the hard cider. So vodka... Uh, orange liqueur, and lime juice, and uh, blackberry apple cider. It is absolutely amazing. It's lightly carbonated. It's pretty sweet, uh, but has a nice tart kind of kick at the end of it. And you're not going to be able to get this on the camera, but it has, because of the, the gel food coloring, it gets a light blue tint around kind of the edges of it. And I was like, that's kind of a little hint of like Anakin's lightsaber kind of thing going there. So... Love it. One of them. Yeah, yeah, one of them. <laughs> I love that. You you always have uh, the best drinks, Phil. I don't <laughs> understand, but like I'm I'm excited that I have an entire list of notes that just have incredible recipes from the last year. Because like <laughs> sometimes I go back and I check them out, you know, and then some of them are really really delicious. Now that fish one that you made, I will never. <laughs> I ever still have that. some of the fish gin. Oh. Let's let's not let's not <laughs> tell Nick about it. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, but as always, you know, drink responsibly, uh, but so, cause I don't think Josh has seen this yet. Uh, my bartender notebook, uh, yes. where I record all of my <laughs> recipes. That is so. perfect. And I love it. I'm, um, keeping it well I'm keeping it simple tonight. There's no, no mixture. I just have the, the Jameson stout, which I thought is the perfect balance of light side and dark side. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which, oh, the taskmate stuff is good. Which is uh, what I'm going to be talking about tonight when we get to that segment. Nice. Most excellent. Uh, but yeah, you can, uh, you'll can. you be able to find that recipe in the show notes as well. So. Absolutely. Nick, yeah. do you, uh, you, you drinking anything over there? I am. I kept it not quite as simple as uh, Steve. But <laughs> I'm doing the Kessel... Which is just basically <laughs> the Kessel Rum. I love that, and a, and a little bit of uh, <laughs> Pepsi. That's so perfect. So, the Kessel so perfect. Rum. Great. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Is it coming in twelve uh, twelve parsec 
<laughs> it does. That's so wonderful. Um, I had one little drink before we started the show, but I went and saw Coheed and Cambria last night and indulged a little too much. Um, so I am not partaking tonight. I'm drinking a monster I, dude, because I am dead tired. You got to go tired. see an awesome show, though. Dude, it was... <laughs> man, every time I see Coheed, it's just... It's so good. And I got one of the... I don't want to get it out, but I got one of the compilations of... It was nice. the second album. It's the entire uh, graphic novel of, of all the different oh. comics and stuff. So Signed by Claudio, of course, whom I also met at Comic-Con this last year. It was such a surreal moment because he's one of my favorite artists and I have a very special connection with Coheed and Cambria through a friend of mine that passed away and to meet him was very like surreal you know and I I started fangirling really hard it was actually Steve Steve when you were doing your little uh strange new worlds thing where you sat in the captain's chair I went and wandered around Comic-Con for a little bit, and that's when I ran into Claudio. That's why when I got back to you, there were tears in my eyes, and I was like, right. was the greatest I, mean, I, thought, I thought you had just seen the Ahsoka Rebels like set, and like, oh, wow, you guys no, no, really I mean, like I mean, I went by that booth uh, every time I, I was there, uh, multiple times. But but no, that, that particular moment was just, it was a experience of a lifetime. I can't, can't even, yeah. Um, but... Let's move on to this wonderful episode of Ahsoka. As Phil already mentioned, it was called Shadow Warrior. Um, we don't have really any corrections, uh, per se, from last week, but I do have the... Uh, wait, Steve? The, there is an actual English alphabet in Star Wars. Correct. So yes. right. the X-Wing does look like an X. You're all good. Um <laughs> Yes, yes, I forgot to bring that. Oh, you photo didn't up. throw the link. Oh, hang let on. Let me see. Let me see okay. if I can. I can bring it up real quick. But yeah, uh, Steve actually sent me a picture recently on Twitter. Then he was like, "Crisis averted." Uh, <laughs> we, it's actually an X or something like that. Uh, where is it? And of course, that the was, other, uh, it was from Wednesday. Oh yeah. The other was. argument that you not argument, but the other point was that. The B wing does not look like a B. It's just short for blade wing. Yeah, um, right, and it's right. the it's the um, it's but the, the Y wing looks alphabet. like a Y. The high galactic alphabet. Yes, yes, high galactic is what basically the English is alphabet English. is. Correct. Yeah. 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 Dang, why can't I? Anyway, Steve sent a link. It was great. Um, I'll post it up we'll again throw on it Twitter in the, or something. Uh, show yeah. notes or whatever. Yeah. Um, Sorry, but... I'm still getting used to being in this corner. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the the only thing that I wanted to bring up was that we like to cover the trailers a lot here, and we like to kind of talk about the you know how much we see from the trailers. We had a, had a discussion with Ro um, in the Ahsoka preview, and he was saying that um, he thought that the trailers gave away too much, which I don't I don't think it did, um, especially considering last week's episode was. Literally, we it was the last time we saw anything from the trailers. Um, there was a particular scene in a trailer where Anakin had said something like, in this war, you'll fight more than droids. I personally think that was a deleted scene cut from this episode. And they had added it in to one of the trailers. Um, but the only thing we haven't seen is Thrawn. The scene of him walking onto the ship, which I'm still pretty convinced it's going to be the last scene of this season. So, I'm actually thinking next episode. Mm -hmm. I 
that would be great. It. That would be great. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but of course, I got to do my uh, synopsis. I do these for Justin every week, so um, hopefully he listens. This one is not very, very funny or anything, so um, it's probably a good thing that he's not here because he'll criticize me. But anyway, in the Least Rebels Season 5 episode so far, we get an actual story about Ahsoka and Ahsoka only. Dave Filoni takes us on a full-scale flashback and then shows us full-scale purgles. Considered by many to be the best Star Wars to come out since Rogue One, this episode really breaks the mold for what we think Star Wars TV is, and I am here for it. Um, I ran a little poll on Twitter uh, asking what everyone thought about this episode and you know how, how they were feeling about it. Um, out of 55 votes, 92% said that they were at an 8 to 10, feeling amazing about it. Um, so... People really, really enjoyed this episode, which was directed by Dave Filoni, of course. This whole series has been written by Dave Filoni. Um, this episode clearly had Rosario Dawson. Um, it had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but it also had a really good few scenes um, with Evan Witten, uh, who plays Jason Sindula. And it introduced Ariana Greenblatt as young Ahsoka. Um, she was formerly in Barbie over the summer, and she was also young Gamora in Guardian, oh no, in Avengers, yeah, and she was absolutely spectacular, crushed it, yep, yeah, um, and of course, um, Hayden Christensen was in this episode heavily, and MF, he did such a good job, I, I just can't, like, uh, it, what we are getting from Hayden Christensen lately has been nothing short of gold, and it's, it's been awesome to see his resurgence and to see people respecting him for the role that he's playing and and to see the love that he's getting from prequel fans like myself that didn't give a shit about the old series and didn't judge, you know, Hayden Christensen's acting because it wasn't my Darth Vader or anything like that. I loved Hayden Christensen. I loved him um, in, in episode two and three and... I, he was awesome for me, but again, I was younger and I didn't care about the comparisons or anything like that. So we were to, we were the age, we were the target audience. Exactly, when the prequels dropped. I mean, and I know, like watching things of him just getting berated by old fans and and interviews that he had, where it just man, the poor guy has gone through a lot of shit. And Hayden Christensen and Ahmad Best have really had a resurgence in these live action TV series and I love it. I'm I'm so excited that he's back and that he gave fans another chance because he didn't have to. Like he did not have to come back and risk getting, you know, torn apart again for playing Darth Vader and I'm I'm just super excited to have him back. Um I do want to yes, ask definitely. what is the general consensus here at the beginning? Are they actually in the world between worlds or is mm -hmm. this a little bit different steve you seem to have an automatic opinion here what, what are you thinking we, we didn't hear the voices that that uh ezra heard as he was wandering around which was, that's like maybe my one little disappointment because that in that episode you heard everything both, you heard the past the future the present and i'm like that would have been cool to hear again but no they are definitely there um i think anakin has been up to Oh, there's a thorn in my leg. Uh, Anakin's been been up to things uh, when 
since his since his demise and or his uh, demise slash ascension. And I think he being being the balance to the force, which is what I think this episode really really tells, is that he has found a way in his ascension to both use both the light and the dark side to build a better world in this case by training Ahsoka. He trained Ahsoka with both sides today. And, and I had not even considered the prophecy aspect of his return until you said it just now, Steve. I had not at all like dug into the whole thing about Anakin still being the one to bring balance to the Force. Um, potentially now even after his death. Mm-hmm. That's, and he, that's he did it Genius, yeah. No, that's in the in, in the series he did it literally by reducing the population of both Sith and Jedi to two, <laughs> and like he so that was a, a a younger Anakin's mistake, and now he's you know realizing maybe this is the right way. Yeah, Nick, what are your Excellent thoughts point. on on this? Did you, I know you haven't seen Rebels, so the <gasps> world between worlds probably doesn't right. mean much to you. I know. <laughs> I just started watching uh, Clone Wars actually like a week ago in preparation and I'm like oh shit there's a lot this and... but at least I got enough so when he called her snips I totally got the reference I'm like I know that <laughs> um, first off I wanted to piggyback on something you were mentioning about um, the, the prequels and why um, Hayden got so much shit I think a big part of the problem and you know, you may hate me for this, but um, George Lucas is <laughs> an imaginary, you know, genius, but he is not a good director. And I've read lots of complaints, like from Ewan McGregor talking about direct them. He would just kind of like, just do your thing. And then he was more invested in the CGI and, you know, how the thing's going to look and, you know, you look at uh, Sam Jackson and he's just a big bad motherfucker and you know that's just what Mace Windu is but you know for a newbie like uh, Hayden Christensen he needed more guidance and he didn't mm-hmm. get it and so his performance is so wooden i mean you got heavyweights like Natalie Portman and and Ewan McGregor that also have pretty wooden performances throughout the entire prequels and that's because putting his focus on his actors he was looking at more of the grandiose universe so it was definitely more crippling to hayden because of that and he's gotten a lot of shit for it too he didn't direct um i recall who he did the first one he did did, uh lucas lucas did the first one yeah that's correct Uh, but he directed all three of the prequels Mm -hmm. and if you i mean one could say that in the original trilogy they got better after like you know argument that uh, Empire is the best of the nine. Uh, and you made Kirshner. Well, uh, a I lot mean, of people think that. I think that. Um, <laughs> but it's a different director. And <laughs> I knew I'd make enemies here. This is great. Oh, um, no, no. I started drinking. This is my Empire. This is my Empire. He's, yeah, uh, he's, he's got a Boba Fett poster back there. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, and that, I, that's a great point. Yeah, Lucas, Lucas in his early days, I think he was more focused on it. But now that he's gotten, you know, more into ILM and all of that stuff, he was focused way more on everything else than his actors. From it to both uh, Jake Lloyd and to Hayden Christensen, they both got you know shit storms of of fans hating them. 
and Ahmed Best too, which the mm. poor guy, like, you know, he got which is crazy. Railroaded. Which is crazy because he basically introduced that version of CGI. Like, yeah. if we didn't have Ahmed Best, we wouldn't have we the Hulk. Yeah. So yeah. it's, but it's, it's just kind of that crazy. Whole, his, the way that he portrayed the character, right? Um, a lot of people were saying was was very racial biased, and whether that's true or sure. not, it's not fair to him. Because he's, no, and he was directed to do that. And I don't care what so, anybody says. Jar Jar was one of my favorites when I was nine years old. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so I, I have a Jar Jar Binks Black Series figure in my Amazon cart right now that I'm just kind of waiting to go off of $30 so I can get it. Like, I, you know, I, I loved those movies. And and like, like you were saying. Like for, you said, it was towards that, that age demographic. Yep. And mm-hmm. for those I'm, actors. I'm a couple of years older than you guys. <laughs> For those actors, you're absolutely right. They were very wooden. Yeah, Jar Jar um, was not my favorite character. Anyway, I can see that. so to this to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. no, I, I'd, I'd actually like, I'd like to piggyback off the the prequel talk there for a second because <laughs> Hayden Hayden coming back is is an amazing amazing feat here. It really mm-hmm. is. And it it takes me to I don't know if there's any How I Met Your Mother fans in the audience or in the the room tonight. Love it. There is one so small reference where uh, one character is pushing the limits on how he can he's trying to get people to disagree with him but he but he's but his dad died and so everyone's being super nice and so he says you know the prequels are the superior star wars film and the the everyone in the group is they're star wars nerds and so they both the other two guys look at each other and go it ages well <laughs> and this of course is this is 2009 it was, the year, still, it was like three that. years after episode three had come out or something yeah and so but <laughs> It's funny, funny that that was like a throw. It was a throwaway joke, mm-hmm. but now with Dave Filoni and Filoni, we trust mm, the Holy has, Filoni has honestly made that true. And and so my biggest problem, I, I I only had a problem with Hayden's acting because I feel like they just didn't give him enough to do, even though it was a film, three films about him, mm-hmm. two films about him. And I always had the biggest problem of no, we can't kill the Sith Lord because it's it's not right. Uh, well, I guess I'm gonna go kill kids. Like it's literally the next scene, <laughs> and I always thought that was a bit like we could have taken, we could have slowed that down a little bit. But the the had, slippery well, and slope also because there of the, very the lack of direct. Yeah, well, we've had the we've had the, the Clone of, Wars uh, now. Chemistry we've had, between him and um, yeah. the lack of chemistry between him and um, Natalie because of the, the lack of directing. It was like what? Like really? Yeah. He's yeah. slaughtering kids. Yeah. yeah. So, so now, now, we've, now we've had these these uh, I wouldn't call them filler stories. We've had dots connected, yep. and it it does yeah. actually make these movies better. And that's another beauty of the Clone Wars is that you know you can make the argument that the character of Anakin was a bit of a whiny little punk in those movies, especially in two and three. And yet, so they didn't say, hey, well, he was a whiny little punk in those movies. So in all of Clone Wars, he has to be a whiny little punk. They said no, he Wait. had two bad days. Which are those two movies, and we can show him. We can show the fans what he truly, what he really was. was. Yep. And I'm so grateful for that. And therefore, seeing seeing Hayden Christensen back in the role now twice, and showing the Clone Wars Anakin that we all know, we all know and, and love now. And that's so. the best part of this episode is seeing those references to the early Clone Wars days, and then seeing him, seeing Hayden be the badass instead of being that whiny little punk. He was a badass through this whole episode i mean his first line 
you look old. That's awesome. Like how that that's a Clone Wars joke right there where, you know, they were always ragging on each other and just to immediately start off with that was incredible. Um and he you can tell that he had direction in this one. You can tell that there was an actual director there that was like, "Hey man, let's yeah. uh, let's do this. Let's do this." Giving him the chance to actually shine. Yes. And that director was Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Holy Filoni. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the uh, the whole "this isn't what I trained for" kind of thing. That conversation that they had. Um, the whole dialogue with this was was incredible. This this um lesson that anakin you know showed ahsoka um and and her Some saying of the best dialogue hayden christensen's ever gotten <laughs> exactly yeah absolutely right? <laughs> and and he immediately responds you know with we used to be keepers of the peace but now i have to train you to be a warrior so we can win this war you know um and so i want to go back to what what this whole thing is where where they are um I know a lot of people out there. So I have, think it's it was kind of like a, a forced purgatory. Yes, and that's you know, exactly like the, what I've between... been thinking. And and here's here's my my biggest thing because at the end of this whole lesson thing, Ahsoka wakes up not drowning. She's underwater but not drowning. So hear me out. Um, I had a weird thought when I was watching this episode for the fifth time, and it was, you know how Obi Wan and Yoda both disappeared and became one with the force what if ahsoka did that as well but was able to come back she was she wasn't fully um she didn't fully become one with the force she was just like halfway there and in between like you said she was in a purgatory she's in between life and death and then when she comes back she was like you know reinstated into the world underwater um I, the, well, one could me, argue that, I mean, if you look at, um, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, to me, that's the only way that you can really explain how she was underwater for so long and didn't drown. Even a Jedi would drown being underwater that long. And they didn't see her from the cliff. But if you, uh, if you reference Ryan Johnson's uh, The Last Jedi, I mean, Leia was in space for a certain amount of time with a space in her safe while she was unconscious. And she was only supposedly Force-sensitive instead of, like, Force-tuned. So someone like Ahsoka could have just, like, automatically set off, like, a bubble around her to keep her alive. And that, touche. I, I don't didn't know, even I think mean, about that. And I didn't even think about the fact that in the Thrawn trilogy, Luke was trapped in space for a couple days and had to shorten his oxygen intake to make sure that he survived. So it's very, very possible that she is just there and in a dream state that was my other thought was that she's just you know a lot of people online were like she's in the world between worlds we're gonna see the father the sister and the brother and we're gonna see all these cool things from clone wars and rebels and i'm like no dude she's having a near-death experience and anakin is coming yeah, to her i, as I mean a force i ghost. love your idea of of, of uh, anakin being like you know continuing on his legacy but i i only saw it as he was her guide he was yep. her master and you know he was guiding her to her final lesson of not only you know live or die because that's really you know, you'd, you you want to give up you <laughs> just stop breathing or live and fight another day but also the balance of hate and love good and evil mm -hmm. it's in all of us 
and you saw both of those during all of those montages from you know fighting her to then fighting her later with the you know the hate in his eyes and the red lightsaber and then him just closing his eyes coming back as anakin and saying you know there's hope for you yet and i i always just thought that was like you know you're her guide you're her master you make the right decision keep fighting and you know what you believe in keep doing what you need to do i saw a really cool theory um about this being her master trials like this was her she never took the master trials before and the this was her trials and the lesson that anakin was teaching her was one of his final lessons that he learned from his son which is you don't have to kill in order to win notice ahsoka makes a complete return of the jedi reference when she turns the lightsaber off and tosses the lightsaber aside and says i choose to live that was absolutely what Luke did to Vader. He had the killing blow. Um, he was above him. He had the high ground, but he chose life and he chose to throw his lightsaber away. Um, so I think that in a way, this was also although that was Anakin's trials. lightsaber. Right, right, right. And, the, the blade she had with the killing blow. She, she right. It away. And so right, I, I think right. that it was it was a lot to do with her master trials, and that's why she came out as Ahsoka the White, and now she's you know. A Jedi Master. Um, would you guys? Is that something we've seen in live action? Well, no, we not seen Master Trials. Yeah, it was called Lord or of the even, Rings, or even even Clone Wars. Like we've seen the actual Master Trials. Not in not... live action. We saw it in okay. Jedi um, Fallen Order. There was right. some Master Trials in there, and I think some other video games have had Master Trials, but not because in I remember we had Anakin the, never. The Anakin never was granted the rank of Master. No, not really. Well, his trial was to defeat Palpatine, but clearly that didn't. How'd that work out for him? <laughs> 20 years later, he did it, but like it took a little while. Somehow, Palpatine returned. Oh, jeez. Back another 20 years later. and <laughs> Yeah. Oops. Hey, um, he's still trying. <laughs> there was... I, you know, I'm glad you brought up the, the video game, because... You know, I as soon as the, the the tomb that she was in in the very beginning, like I'm like, oh my god, that's the Zepho. Like going back to um, and, yes, and then they were like, oh, it's you know the Night Sisters, a Dathomir. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, but wasn't that the Zepho too? Yeah, and then I they mean, mentioned the... it in um, was it like the third episode? She she says it's from a faraway galaxy that built these. I'm like, yeah, again the Zepho. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like. Like even the the uh, the map ball thing the gear. looked like those giant map balls in the game. I'm like, why don't you just say the name? Just make it canon, please. I mean, I know that they say that the game is canon, but like live action canon. And yeah, I was I was getting all excited, and then they didn't drop the name. I'm like, makes you wonder if someone else actually owns the rights to things they created, like for no. EA or something. Oh like no, that. no 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 no. That's like, all. Knows? That's all free. No, because, uh, Lucas Lucas okay. Games yeah. or whatever is still like involved in that, and so it's all free game for for Disney to use. Um, well, now I know that, especially since yeah. they have like um, the replica of his lightsaber at Disneyland that you can buy. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, well, I, I, you like, know, I, it's got to be Disney, Disney has has the rights, but I feel like like were the games under a different umbrella. Like, aren't they like EA? Not EA. Disney games, owns but... everything. <laughs> Disney owns all the things. Oh yes. Disney owns so... the map behind you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, that's like a technically that's... not because this isn't actually like a, a licensed. <laughs> it's uh, not a pirate. It's not a pirate of the Caribbean. Caribbean thing. <laughs> you but... tell them that. That's so <laughs> Someone, funny. Somebody listening, like we need, we need to acquire this. Something we need to acquire this yeah. map. You're gonna you're gonna get an offer in the next couple minutes. Um, but there were so many references. Speaking of Return of the Jedi and that references and the video games. I mean when ahsoka wakes up and she goes and listens for sabine's echo that is straight from jedi fallen order and how cool is it that yeah they, i was so i was so so cool. dude and they've referenced everything now at this point everything except for maybe solo Andor, and rogue one have been referenced in some one way or the other and that's just been it's been an amazing Easter egg hunt for fans like me. That's like, oh, they did the thing. Like when Anakin turns around and lights ignites his lightsaber, it's the exact same scene from episode three when he says, if you're not with me, you're against me and ignites his lightsaber. Like it's the exact same scene, but with Ahsoka instead of Obi-Wan. And we got Genevieve O'Reilly back uh, as yes. Mon Mothma. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. We got. I'm, I'm really excited seeing her. She's, her character. She's so so good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Ahsoka. She's, she's playing. She's playing in two different worlds. Yeah. As well. like, she's still in Andor. She's still in this. Yeah. She's getting get... to play with two different timelines right now, and that's cool got to be that? fun for her. All for all for one little cameo. Yeah. One one of her dialogueless cameo in episode right? three. And well, no, she had a scene. There was a, the the cut scene where they mm -hmm. uh, with that with uh, Padme and. Uh, Senator Organa, they like, yeah, yeah, that's they, right. That's they were right. they were making something. Yeah, so that was cut. But you see her at the you see her at the end, and then from there, Just, she's done all, uh, this, all this all this work. I love it. Yeah, not um, too spectacular. Yeah, and then just to finish up the references thing, we had Ahsoka say, "I won't fight you." to Anakin, which is a straight callback to Rebels when she's fighting. Before. Yeah, and then Anakin says, "I've heard that before," and that. Again, just pulls on the well, my rebels' heartstrings because I'm like, oh my god, they did it again. Then we had Rex, um, <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, it's they just keep them coming, man. They keep those references coming. Justin here says, oh, we and, and live action, live action, um, Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't Oof. even bring that um, up either. Shit, yes. Josh, yeah. one quick thing. Yeah. Uh, the other place that Anakin has heard that before is Luke. Yeah, true. I was thinking the I same thing. I will not fight you. That's true. Yeah. So, so it could be a reference to both of those, depending die. on what what kind of fan you are. If right. you're more of a fan of the originals, then there's a reference for you. How fucking brilliant! Sorry, sorry to swear, but how brilliant is that, Dave Filoni? Well, I mean, a lot of a lot a of Star Wars genius. has thrived on repetition of bits of dialogue and just that kind of echoing of the themes throughout the whole series. Yeah. Agreed. So. Justin says we need Hondo. I agree. We'll get him eventually, though. I he'll show bring up. Jim Cummings back. Let let him actually oh, yeah, like dude. play Hondo put, and live. Put action. the makeup That'd on Jim. That'd be great. Even if we don't, if we start making movies that are relatively Skywalkerless, which mm -hmm. is I think the goal. Mm -hmm. Even with those little lines of dialogue, that's less. That's evidence of writers being fans. It's also evidence of just. The, the force does connect everyone and bind all living things because mm. there's there's themes out there in the in the in the galaxy and it's a it's a big galaxy and I think we need to st I'm glad we're seeing so much more of it but that is like those fibers that connect it are evidence of the force at work even if it's just writers going like hey that was cool I want that in my in my <laughs> show so yeah agreed 
Um, I'm, I, how do you feel that we have not seen Tatooine in this series? I'm, amazing. I'm for it. Yeah. I that that I would I did not expect an opening scene of that um, cherry blossom forest again. Yeah. I thought we were going, yeah. I thought we were going right into the world, yeah. and just like the, that slow pan over the <sighs> aftermath of the battle. I'm like. The way they've been utilizing Setos as a as a new location is is really good. Yeah. Um I mean they built it and they paid for it, so yeah. they're gonna use it as much as they can. Um and you know, it's just fun to see Hu Yang kind of wandering around in all of those sets oh, and Hu just Yang, dude. And he has such emotion. It's such an emotional by, range. By the way, I did not know that was David Tennant's oh, yeah. voice until like the third episode. And I was like, why has nobody hired him to do a voiceover for a droid before? He is amazing. Because yeah. you should well, ask that. Because yeah. they had. Yeah. He was, he was in, in Clone Wars. He's a, You'll he's get the original there. voice yep. of Hu, Hu Yang yeah. in the Clone Wars. You'll get there. There's a oh, really awesome. It's yeah. a really cool episode with Hu Yang yeah. in it and Young Jedi and him like helping them. Yeah, yeah, you'll get there. I don't want to spoil and he's, it. But... He's been doing a bunch of other okay. voiceover work over the years. DuckTales. DuckTales, yeah. Um, yeah. DuckTales, random bits in the like How to Train Your Dragon uh, <laughs> yeah, spinoff right. TV shows. Yep. Not like the, the major movies, but like in the TV shows. He's, he's just kind of there. I know but he's so he brings yeah. so much gravitas. I demand to, from Disney a Michael Sheen droid at some point, and we need to interact. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. I demand it. Yes, and yeah, Hu Yang was. Well, we talk a lot about Hu Yang in our segments. Um, yeah, yeah, a couple of us have some of some of those. But he was just he's. The more I see of him in the series, the more I just love that character. He's becoming one of my yeah. all-time favorite droids. Yeah, no, he's he's right up there. I I cannot wait to see um, Tujik come back as uh, K two. Yes, uh, yes. Whenever we get the next season of Andor, but yeah. uh, oh, in I the guess meantime, we gotta have that arc of him of him uh, actually finding. meeting, reprogramming that droid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Yeah, no, and that's probably gonna be a big chunk of season two. Yeah, hopefully, um, we still support the writers' strike, so. Um, however long it takes to to get those guys paid, we will wait for our favorite shows to come back. Because I would much rather them get paid than see right. Andor with shitty AI writers. Um, those links also there is support links in our show notes um, all season this season. If you want to support the writers' strike, um, awesome. we are as podcasters we are still allowed to talk about our favorite shows like we are with Ahsoka, um, but we definitely still support everything that they're doing. So um, anyway, solidarity y'all. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Last thing I wanted to kind of bring up with this whole opening and it's, I guess there's a lot of things going on in the opening, but the whole yeah, world between the worlds opening. and the trials thing. Um, what did you guys, <laughs> what, what did you guys think of Ariana green, green blots as young Ahsoka? Let's she was start. incredible. She absolutely killed it. Um, it really, uh, it really highlighted just how young Ahsoka was when she was thrown into this war. Like, Anakin yeah. wasn't that old either, uh, but but it definitely highlights how young uh, Ahsoka yeah. was. Because I think she was like fourteen or fifteen, right? Yeah, when when she was taken on as a Padawan. Yeah. So yeah. Um, were you guys disappointed um, so, about Ashley Eckstein not making it in? 
mildly, but not. We got three more episodes, right? <laughs> Uh, I I I like I would love to see kind of uh, acknowledgement of more of the the voice actors who um, who were some of these characters. Uh, Ashley Eckstein as uh, the original voice of Ahsoka, and uh, Dee Bradley Baker's work as Rex and literally every other clone throughout Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that we're still getting uh, Tamara Morrison back now as as boba and now as the older clones uh and i i really ariana greenblatt's role as a basically a young version of rosario dawson was stellar it's perfect i I, I agree i I would i would have loved to have seen ashley in in tonight's episode but tonight's uh, this week's but this week's episode but the the age would have been would have been a little wrong uh, I don't know how much younger she actually is than Rosario. <laughs> like three years. I, yeah, they're so. they're like forty one and forty four. Uh, so it, really it, it would have been a nice um, homage. Yeah. But you might as well have just I, had I, Grandma Ahsoka walking with her cane <laughs> at that point. I mean, yeah. not to say I, that I, Ashley's old is more no. of just like if you're gonna have that kind of an age disparity, why not go have, all the way? <laughs> we could have thrown her voice in if they'd done the voices in the world between worlds. We could have had. Uh, some Ashley Eckstein lines in there, which would have been cool. And she but, was in they, Rise of Skywalker. They could have done what, uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw yeah, that, um, The that. Last of Us, the the live action version mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful. How they brought in some of the all the voice act alternate characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been cool if they did that in this. Well, they still might. They've done, they've done some similar stuff. I mean, we got some of the voice actors returning to play the live action characters. Um. Uh, we haven't seen him yet, but we got Thrawn coming back. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... yeah, I, I, I felt the same way about um, uh, the original voice actress for Sabine because I love her, but of course she doesn't really look like the character. So I'd like to see her as a as another Mandalorian, though. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I don't see why we couldn't do that. She's a she's a striking right. woman, and yeah, I think she's just... a phenomenal actress. And so, hopefully, she's one of the ones that takes her helmet off. <laughs> Yeah, and but to have, to have her on the show would be great. I yeah. could see Ashley getting kind of a bone thrown to her, and her being like a bartender or something. Like, or even if we get a flashback to like the Rebels era, mm-hmm. like like she could, they could make her up to do well, that. Yeah. Just they kind, I mean, I guess younger they, looking, but also but just different looking. Like she could, yeah. she could do that if they needed. Oh, I think they would just de-age Rosario at that point, though. Yeah. You know, there's no reason. To... Oh, oh, it would be the it would be the voice. Like her voice has changed over the years. Oh, and yeah. I know, she would that. sound like she would sound like herself from that era. I think at this or point, they, though, they could have done what they did with with Hayden in Obi Wan, where he was his voice was mixed with yeah, James the, the so they could have mixed them together. Yeah. yeah, there's there's options, but yeah. I also don't blame them if they don't want to go that extra step right now. Right. Maybe and, Ashley didn't want to. Do it. Yeah. I mean, who knows. Uh, Mm, I'm pretty I sure she, she wants I think she really yeah. wanted to do it. But I also, I mean, at this point, like, it's kind of too far gone. Like, Ashley was wonderful in Clone Wars. She was wonderful in Rebels. She she did a great job. But I think for this particular character, they're looking for a certain style, like a certain yeah. build. And, and um, she just didn't, you know, didn't really make yeah. that cut. So, and that's fine because she, her, she, portrayed Ahsoka so well in Clone Wars and Rebels and she's doing so much beautiful work off of Star Wars as well with 
you know her clothing line and everything and and mm-hmm. her um, all the her universe stuff it's... exactly like she's she's still in star wars um she might not be voicing or acting for star wars but she's still in it and she still loves it so again she she did wonderful and and great things for that character um but for live action it's just I think Rosario was the was the good choice, and I think Ariana Greenblatt was another really good choice to yeah. portray those characters. So, um, yeah, I just kind of yeah, wanted no, to get your guys' thoughts on be, that. Oh, kitty! I can't be upset about. It's like Cassie we have five there. people after all. <laughs> She's biting my ankles trying to get attention. Oh, so I had to kick my this cat is, out. This, this is Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. <laughs> of course, it's Kaylee. <laughs> hey, Kaylee. <laughs> That's and now, I'm, funny. now I'm bothering her. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, before we move on anywhere to, to the next stuff, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about when it comes to the, I, I'm going to call them the Master Trials and that whole opening thing? I did expect when the last scene we got with uh, Miss Greenblatt that I, on uh, the Siege of Mandalore when Anakin walked in and said, I don't recognize this battle, and then she explains oh. it. I was, I was expecting... Or I had a flutter of hope. It was like, oh, Maul, Maul, Maul. And then, he would keep, and then even Anakin would be like, hey. That would be who cool. Are you? <laughs> um, and I that, know that guy. This episode have, had some really fun lore dump. So there's a lot of people that have always been like, since the show was starting, they're like, oh, are we going to be able to even understand it if we haven't watched the cartoons? And this episode proves that, yes, they can do it oh. and they can do it well. Um, Let's ask Nick about that, actually. Yeah, Nick, and that's how, that was kind of where I was going. Absolutely. Is, is does what they did make sense to you? Do you like feel like if you, since you haven't watched Clone Wars and Rebels, do you feel like you are up to speed now? I believe so. I mean, there's a lot of details that I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know stuff on Mandalorian, um, but, you know, it was enough that I could watch and go, okay, I. She was there. I get it. All right. He wasn't. I get that. Moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was. I could talking follow with... along even if I. What's up? I was talking with my buddy Justin uh, after I watched this, and I said, "I know there are people watching Ahsoka who have not watched Rebels and Clone Wars." And I said, "Imagine, imagine being so blissfully ignorant that you were looking at these space whales and you didn't know what they were about to do, and then they did it, and you were just like." And it, of course, even as someone who knows exactly what they were going to do, I'm like, it was still so. It cool. was still really fucking cool. Yeah, man. I ex- I expected that to go to black so many times, and they just kept coming back for mm-hmm. more. I was like, oh, this is a longer episode. And I'm so I, I thought honestly, once she was dragged onto the ship, it was going to cut to black, and we'd see the next episode. But there were a, yes, like wait, three more, more, three more black cuts. I I also I, thought. I imagine uh, anyone who hadn't watched Rebels is like. Oh, it's just it's still going. We we're we're noticing the beats and like the beats are still coming. Yeah, um, I thought when when Ahsoka said um, I'll find a way to find them, and the camera pans up and she's looking up, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the end of the episode. That, I was like, oh, it. here we go, uh-huh. fade to black, <laughs> and then and then Mom Mothma pops up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh it's still going. <laughs> so. I, I thought they would even skip the whole uh, Purgle detail. Even like if it was next week, I thought it'd be like I'm gonna. I'll look for a way to find them. She looks up at the Purgles, and then we know. And I thought, honestly, I thought next week would just be Purgle Warp like, into the. 
into the new thing. Like, oh, I I like that we got to actually see that whole procedure. That was yeah, that was really cool. Yes, yeah, and them going like doing the whole Jonah and the whale thing, and basically getting eaten by a whale, and then seeing the the white light through the teeth as they're jumping. Just all of that was so incredible. I loved the. The, they're I all can totally out. see a whole Pinocchio Star Wars mashup now. <laughs> like yes. Monstro, the, <laughs> the space I whale. Don't, don't give me some more ideas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Does anyone else forget that's a whole part of like Pinocchio, like the, the whale? Like I, Whenever I think of Pinocchio, I always forget, like, oh, yeah, there's a big whale. Yeah. That no, that's yeah, like, it's like the whole side. second half. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I, I call it the third act because the second act is the donkey, theme, theme oh, the, Stromboli uh, and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I always, I always, I always forget it doesn't end with with that. <laughs> I haven't seen Pinocchio in a dog's age. So. The new, the live action Pinocchio was actually pretty good with uh, Tom the, Hanks in the it. One. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, I heard about that. No, right. the one with Tom one Hanks. Four. Uh, that one was that one I heard was amazing because we got like three different live action Pinocchio in a movies year. in the span of like six months. So it was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of the uh, Home Improvement Kid one where he's like the wooden puppet. Oh God! Oh God! The, oh my God! Like nineteen ninety seven. Whenever that is. Now you're showing your age. Oh, holy shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> you remember the horror movie about Pinocchio? <laughs> there was oh. like a whole set of horror movies. Where Pinocchio just killed people. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, God, that was '96. I was close. I said '97. I was. Wow. I was close. Wow, that's awesome. Now um, it's on to Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, uh, they're doing a second yeah, one like of those. The, the they blood and honey ones. They're doing a second one. Honey. <laughs> they're that's doing so a second cool. one, and Tigger is involved. Yes. <laughs> oh my that's God. so funny. It's ridiculous. Um, so let's let's talk about Jason a little bit. Yeah. Because Jason in this episode had way more fun scenes than I thought he would have in this whole series. I um, I was I was not expecting him to be on camera for more much. time than he was in mm-hmm. his first appearance. I wasn't expecting to see him show up to the length that he does in this episode and I loved it. When they cut from the world within worlds, world between worlds and they went back to there I'm like, "Oh, really we're doing doing stuff back here okay but then jason started doing stuff like, yeah oh, okay. yeah right. and then it there clicked has, like, there has to be a reason i mean i thought we the got, we was, got the canon good. name drop mm-hmm. yes yes we did and we also got the force theme mm-hmm. um which is the first time that we've heard the force theme in any of the live action star wars i believe there might have been a little hint of it with grogu in mandalorian yeah, i, I but... thought there was a little bit in mandalorian oh uh, they uh, may have had it in obi-wan Oh, yeah, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, of course, I don't but, remember. Um, but as far as like the Mandoverse, I think yeah, this is like yeah, the first this, in full this time, fledged... in this timeline, in this time period. I think yeah. I think Grogu had some force he had, theme. He had to have. Yeah. I, I, and it was light, but but still, I, it's it's sure. still fun to see it show up again. Maybe and, when he was training and, and full fledged too, because yeah. this is like you that whole scene of them standing near the water and um this is actually my second sarlacc killer scene when they're actually standing there and using the force like hera actually kind of tuned into the force a little bit i I feel Mm -hmm. like that's kind of proving your theory phil of everyone has a bit of force power um, but not everyone can harness it like a jedi can 
Of and course, she she grew a force sensitive being. Right. So she inside. Her, yeah, she carried a Jedi a Jedi's child. So and it, 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 it's not even that she simply listened to her child, which is something that a parent mm-hmm. should do. So or maybe but, maybe that is something a Jedi can do is like project what he hears to her, so she can hear it too. Especially a child who doesn't really have. A lot of mastery yet. Training. Yeah, control. Like, he's like, I'm just, I'm feeling this. You, you, like, and he says, listen, he doesn't know that he's projecting it to her, but there she picked it up. Like, oh, okay. Right. I, no problem. No problem with the, you know, like, oh, they're changing the lore. Here we go again. (laughs) Shut, shut up. Just enjoy the show. No, and there was no lore changing here at all. Whoever said that. No, no, I guarantee you someone on the internet is. I've I've seen it. Yeah. And the people that have said that. I swear, I should have brought back Toxic Tweet of the Week. I really should (laughs) have. Because the the amount of toxicity for this show alone, and this has been one of the best freaking shows that we've had. Like, I, I, and people are still no one. You should rename like that, like, fans. because now Twitter has changed their name. You put putting the X in toxicity. I like it. Sold. You can right. have that one for free. I'm writing that down in my notes. Thank you. <laughs> Nick, 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 you, you wouldn't be part, You wouldn't have any part of the WAGR. You, you can't be working. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I've not yet. Um, I might have to look into it. <laughs> writing better Star Wars. Do you guys uh, think Jason will the X uh, and toxic? Do you guys think Jason will be an apprentice by the end of the Mandoverse to someone? Yes. Possibly, Absolutely yeah. yes. Who, I think, uh, who's gonna take him under his wing or under their wing? Ahsoka. Let's see. I, it, I don't think I don't think she's she's leaving us just yet. Okay. Uh-huh. Maybe it'll be he Sabine. And, he and Grogu are going to go off to Jedi Academy together. And they're going to be best friends because both of their parents are green. Didn't they close that at Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody... Listen. They put in like a garden or something, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that no one that we love is allowed to go to the Jedi Academy because we all know what happened to Luke's Jedi Academy. Yes, you know, but that Jason, is still. Is this kind of like Jason Fight Club? We done. just don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, that would. Uh-huh. That's still far enough. <laughs> that's still far enough ahead. Okay. That's Fair. still yeah. far enough ahead that these guys, these these people, can go through and train and go off and do that's their fair. own thing. Okay. And Jason not be, have be been gone not have been caught up in everything with Kylo Ren. Okay. There's still plenty of time. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's another beauty of what I think Dave Filoni is doing, because there have been talks of, we've all heard it, of, oh, they're going to world between worlds at retcon and destroy this and oh, erase right. the, se- the sequel trilogy. No, I don't I don't like that. No. I don't think they're going to do that. No. no I just, think she's just going to do what Filoni does best. and Connect, connect the dots. Those threads. Work, yeah. work, work with it, work around it if he has to. And like Kylo is still going to kill all those poor students, yes, but there are going to be other students that are still out there maybe of course like you know i imagine grogu was still alive and, and Jason, more people they went, they more people survived order 66 than we ever thought back in 2002 Absolutely. well uh, yeah. 2005 excuse me um more people survived uh order 66 than we ever thought at the time uh the number of jedi who secretly uh have been you know living in hiding throughout you know the whole rise of the empire i mean the inquisitors exist for a reason there's a lot of jedi for them to hunt down so 
the oh, Jedi Order yeah, was I think that's, small. I mean, the video games, with them being canon, yeah. they're due. With him finding all the Force-sensitive kids out there to keep them safe and then train, eventually. Mm-hmm. So, and that takes place, what, it's uh, between six and seven yeah. movies? Mm-hmm. Because it's, uh, so, I mean... Oh, no, it would be taking place between three and four, because he's... Um, there was the Order 66, and then he escaped that. But still, you know, who knows yeah, if he's still far. alive somewhere training, so... Could be. Um, oh, yeah, it's just so, there's, there's so much room for us to have yep. stories that are interwoven with the sequels, but also not affected by them, that we don't need to be like that. They were they were misfires, and mm-hmm. we should own it and not do it again. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's None what learn that's... learn from these mistakes. Don't try to ignore them and pretend they never happened. Don't retcon everything. Right. And they Just... and they tried to do that with Rise of Skywalker, and it flopped massively. Like, what a terrible like story that was to try and retcon. You know, new Last Jedi and. They, they did the right thing by bringing in Filoni and being like, dude, can you just help us make this make sense? And he's doing a magnificent job. And he's doing it in, in ways that I don't think any of us ever really expected. The Mandalorian was a throwaway character. That was an experiment. And now look at it. It, there's a Mandoverse. And we're going to get yeah. a movie with all of those characters in it. And it's all Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. And that's just... You know, John Favreau was there to help him do an Avengers-style build-up, and now Dave Filoni is taking the reins, as you can see with Ahsoka, and he is absolutely crushing it. Um, the one thing that I did want to bring up about this series or this this episode in particular was the special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys notice some of the misfires of the special effects in this episode as much as I did? I don't think any of us have watched it as many times as you have. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, maybe, I only saw it once. Maybe, you know, combined across the, the three of us, we've watched it as many times as you have. But uh, uh, I guess... I doubt my, it. My, you said you saw it like five times, <laughs> six times? It was a couple times. a couple times. But the Purgles, for instance... I don't have that many fingers times? <laughs> I know the the lighting has a lot to do with some of this stuff, but the Purgles, for instance, was just kind of a little like it left a when little they to were, be desired. When they were for still me, in atmosphere, or when they were when they were like, still in atmosphere, they were, okay. they were still it, like on the planet, basically. Yeah, um, they just you could okay very yeah. much tell that they were, you know, computer generated, and and you could I, see, you could tell that Ahsoka know, was staring at a screen. Problem? In a couple of those scenes, you know the big problem with the Purgles is that they are SAG. So, like, <laughs> I didn't. See that one. That's great. Oh, oh man, God, that dude. was awesome. <laughs> one other thing in the they couldn't show they up. Couldn't, they couldn't. They couldn't get him back. They couldn't get him back for pickups. <laughs> There was uh, one other scene God, that awesome. kind of threw me for a loop. <laughs> um, pay attention to this clip here and pay attention to Anakin's upper lip because this really, oh. really throws me off. Watch. Is it? Did you oh. see that? Okay. And I think, again, like you said, I think that might have just been more of a lighting issue. 
Okay. It just, you kind of see his lip shift a little bit. And it's definitely the de-aging thing, of course. But it was kind of like, oh, what? I think they shouldn't have bothered with the de-aging. He doesn't look much older. he doesn't. He doesn't at all. I I think makeup let him be older Anakin in the world. Absolutely. Um, Although it did make sense for him to be what Ahsoka last saw. If, yes. if it's her purgatory and she's actually going through a trial and like hallucinating, then the last way that she yeah, saw Anakin was with that scar. So they, they should have taken a, a hint from probably the one good scene in Picard season two was when Q was there young for just a hot second, and they're like, "Oh, right. Oh, hang on. Yeah, and and then, old Q. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just I, not I, give Hayden Christensen some hot tamales before he has that scene, and then he doesn't right. have any like." Lip action, you know. Oh my god, that's, so I, I that's just a directing loved, problem. I would have finally loved to see Anakin in like the the white robes, or at least the gray robes. I think oh, there's sure. still a chance we'll see it. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I, so, I still, I mean, honestly, if you're getting Hayden Christensen, if he, if you've convinced him to come back for this many different things, you keep him around. You 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 oh, run yeah. with that. You do yeah, as I much. I don't think Darth you'll Vader see him in this, uh, this series, though. No, but maybe in a second season. Mm-hmm. Well, we might. I still am or a different different series altogether. Yeah, I'm still yeah. pretty convinced that this is before Book of Boba Fett. That this is set before Book of Boba Fett, and that Anakin will tell Ahsoka that he has a son that she can ask for help from. You know, I'm just I'm I've been listening to you say that on the on the episodes, and I, I do disagree. Okay. And that is because during the time of Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka is still refusing to train Grogu, and I think after her master trials that she just went through, she would she be would, more willing to do so. She would. She'd be willing to unless do so. she so was I, in I the think. middle of a mission, i.e., finding Thrawn. I don't know. Wait a minute. I, wait a minute. I think that that that, that episode we. That episode we saw of Ahsoka, was it in Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian? Uh, both. Both. The Mando, and season, I'm, Mando season two um, and Book of Boba Fett. And I'm thinking that this series is set after oh, Mando yes, season right. two, okay. but before Book of Boba Fett. I'm I'm pretty convinced that Ahsoka is on with Luke because Anakin told her to go there because she probably asked him for help. Like, dude, like maybe she gets just wrecked at the end of this series and, you know, maybe Sabine dies or something. And we know we have a time skip between uh, Mando season two and Book of Fett. Right. And it's a couple years. So it's very possible that this series is taking place in those couple years and that she'll be going to Luke to ask him for some sort of help, and that's why she's there. But, Josh, you're a beautiful human being, and then every time you've been wrong, you admit it graciously, and I hope you continue to do so. <laughs> I'm always wrong, and I'm totally Damn. good at that. But <laughs> <laughs> throwing the shade and shadow warrior here. <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't well, like the uh, Star Star Wars website have actually. They do when the series and things complete. Like once it's all out yeah. and in the open, they'll add that stuff. Then to they'll the clarify timeline, like but... timeline and things. Yeah, it, it is. It oh. is true at the moment. So they'll make you guess until they finish it, and then they're like, "All right, we're done making you think about it. Here's the answers." Yeah, it's just like Maroc. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was watching a, an earlier episode of you guys, and the whole Maroc thing. I'm like, I had the same thought, and then I saw it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Well, I guess I was wrong. 
I, I wanted to believe you on that one, especially would... your theory about the you know the the wolf and the, and the Arthurian legend, and he's wearing that Arthurian helmet. I'm like, okay, yeah, like they've done their research, they're 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 laying this out for us, and then uh, and then he became dust without his helmet falling yeah, off. Yeah, I was like, yeah. are they taking? Are they doing a Tron legacy thing here? <laughs> I mean, that'd be okay. Good. I was kind of, I was oh, actually yeah. kind of glad they didn't. <laughs> I'm like, is this Tron? Really? You guys that's are gonna so do- oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, they, right. which I, that's a fun connection that I had not yeah. drawn, Nick. That's yeah. that's. <sighs> I was thinking the same thing. Tron Legacy was that came when that uh, CGI came out. It was so bad. I was I actually was like, who who's who's the actor playing the younger Jeff Bridges? And they're like, oh, like, it's Jeff Bridges. Like, it's Bridges one. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, they de-aged him. Yep. Why? I, yeah, I thought it was a different person altogether. Um, and then, of course, you look at it. So. <laughs> it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey Bridges. So I got oh. I got two things here before we before get into we segments. Hit segments. Um, one thing is the New Republic sucks. <laughs> oh, that's that's actually my gripe. They are that. they are trying so hard to distinguish themselves from the empire the empire yeah that they are useless they're shooting themselves in the foot man and uh, well, and you, it, it, you have to be rebelling clearly, against something. Oh, we've got it, it clearly doesn't last oh, oops. i mean it, it clearly doesn't last because we have uh, the the imperial remnant we have all of the um new order uh First order, yeah. No, I, I first order. Yeah, yeah first order. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the first order comes out of this series. Like this is how we're gonna learn the how the first order rises. Obviously, because well, they, they they're growing right underneath the new republic's nose because they're too inept to do shit. Exactly, and they don't want to believe things. Like, I mean, right now it's you know they see all these purgles and Carson explains why they're using the purgles, and I guarantee the new republic is still gonna be like, nah, Hera, we're stripping you of your rank. Now that captain, though, she—I yeah. I, appreciate—I appreciated that for a minute. She's like, "No, this is my job." Like then, she was kind of doing the new robot, but then she saw the the per- like, "Oh, oh, move, move, everybody, yeah. move!" And then it's, they watch them go into warp. Yeah. Oh, also, you think of the uh, the populace. The populace is so used to being governed by fear mm. that they're not used to it not being. So mm. this kind of like, oh yeah, the you guys have taken hands. over, sure. The the gentle hand. Where is what? Where's? Yeah. When does the shoe drop? Yeah. Like I'm gonna stick with the enemy. I know that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. And they'll make me rich. You will make me nothing. So. Josh, is your second thing about the New Republic? No, but I go on with your gripe. What what did you want to say about that? My gripe is that it's like they forgot for an episode how to write Carson Tava. Because we know we were pretty much introduced to him as the guy who's like able to not bend the rules, but he knows which rules to follow. Mm-hmm. And then, for instance, you know, like, nah, let's let's let him off with a warning. I don't want to fill out paperwork. I've been through this before. <laughs> and this episode, he was—I wouldn't say he was being a bitch. No, but, but he was definitely—he was definitely a little more high-strung than we've ever seen him. Yeah, and I'm gonna he, waste well, he was my also gas. underneath a, he was a general was there telling him what to do. All the other so, scenes, he's off on his own. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's not answering to really anybody. He's like, oh, well, and you there know, is I'm just not going to do any paperwork. And there's proof that he's not necessarily following orders. I expected the reactions that but, he was getting, giving. But from here, one here's of the a general people. telling him what to do. Yeah. One of the other two pilots should have been like, are we, are we still, they're, they're coming. Were we sticking around for this? And Carson Tava should have been like, trust the general. Mm-hmm. We've been through this before. And then the other one should have been, even even one of the other pilots should have been one to, to like actually call the New Republic and say, hey, like, I don't want to get in trouble. This is where we are. Come stop this general from going rogue. And even mm-hmm. then Carson Tava should have been like, you, you're an idiot. Instead, he was playing. They they shoehorned him into that role, and I didn't care for it. Okay. They they did they did kind of make him. I, di- I disagree. Much more of the straight man. Um, but it's. But go ahead, Nick. So we've yeah. seen Carson. Um, he hasn't been on the wa- the watchful eye of the New Republic. He's been kind of like, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm off off world here. I can't do this, but here's the information you want. Because, you know, really I can't do anything, but it's, here it is yeah, just but right. now he's on this he now he's on this mission that is unsanctioned. They told them don't go and they went anyway. So he's and, now under this this general that's gone rogue and he's like, Oh shit, I could lose my job. So like, yeah, if I did this I'd lose my job, so here So here's here's a, there's a lot here's a more of a strenuous look at Here's a here's a timeline question though. Uh, when we saw him in Mando season three, if that is set after this, that could explain some of the different reactions as well. Well, he stay tuned. But yeah, he says uh, in in this one, he says whatever planet that was. What what planet was he on? Um, Alpha something. On- Adelphi. Adelphi. Yeah, he yeah. says this is. I'm from the Adelphi base. Yes, and, they and he say, and you know, he's been stationed there probably for a while because he's uh, he's stationed out in the outer rim, and that's basically yeah. in the outer rim. So yeah, um, uh, but the reason Carson is here because is he's our connection to Zeb. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he's he's he is the link between Hera and the rest of the crew we've seen so far in Ahsoka and Zeb, who we got that amazing cameo well that's in, uh, they, in mando's three that's actually probably didn't uh, mention him because they hadn't written the character yet but i guarantee you he was one of the younger pilots in phoenix squadron oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i could see that yeah, yeah yeah no that would absolutely track that that carson has <laughs> known zeb for that long that he's yeah. been... and that's what led me to my point about yeah. why he's why he's playing like he, he kind of switches personalities like he's been through this before mm-hmm. it's like any, anyone who ever you know questioned jack bauer it's like dude have you not seen the first like eight seasons? Like anyone who questions, you know the the guy, the, the character that, that is the commonly fact that always you just right. Threw down a Jack Bauer. I, all right, you got to you got to pass for me. Everyone's always he, he, they, they even <laughs> went they even Jack went, Bauer. They even went meta with it in like the second to last season when when he when they're like, well, how do I know you can do this? With all due respect, Madam President, ask around. Like, I've, 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 I've had seven bad days between. From from then to <laughs> over the years, I got I got this. There's always somebody who's like, no, I don't think you can do it. So the fact that he was playing that role instead of you know, I, I yeah, you expected from the, the like younger nine pilot seasons of hold my beer. Yeah, the the younger pilot who he was with when Mando was when, flying around. Yep, that's the character I expected to be doing this. The, like, hey, uh, I don't I don't want to I don't want to lose my 
my, my brand new my, my brand new commission. And yeah. Carson Tate was like, "You're going to lose your commission a couple times in this war. Like, I've lost it. I got it back because." I do like the, the Republic is an idiot. I do like that you that there could be a connection between him and being in Phoenix Squadron because that would make a lot of sense that he'd be here with Hera to stop Thrawn. Yeah, because if he's that. also seen Thrawn and knows what he's capable of, then he would absolutely be on board with trying to stop him. And it would make more yeah. sense for him to be a bit of a rebel than than normal because he's yeah. like, oh shit, man, this this is a really big deal. So and. Yeah. My, my, my follow-up right. theory is that if you look at the other two pilots, I don't think any of them had any actual dialogue, which means they probably weren't no, just <laughs> So they, they said, hey, you know, Carson, sorry, I forget the actor's name, but he's really good. Uh, like, can you can you do this dialogue? Because we need oh, somebody yeah. to do it, and I don't and we yeah. don't feel like paying them. Um, and Paul Sun Hyung Lee. There it is. So good. Yeah, he's, um, he's so. spectacular. So I wish I wish they hadn't done that to my man, Carson. But they did. Well, and, uh, and he's got we'll, plenty of time we'll to redeem himself to too. So. Indeed, he does. Um, but that. So my my last little point there was um, Hera has basically lost her whole crew now, except mm-hmm. Chopper. There's no yeah. one around from the Rebels Phoenix Squadron anymore now that Ahsoka is gone and Sabine is is gone. Um, Ahsoka's kind of left alone. So is this going to be the time that Ahsoka finally calls for Zeb? Hera. Sorry, Hera. That Hera, calls, that Hera for Zeb. calls for Zeb. I certainly hope so. that it ties in with my theory that we'll see him by the end of the season. He could be her character witness when they're trying to strip her of rank. Ah, you're right. Yep. I hope so. Or even, um, or they strip her of her rank, or, and she's like, "I need a team, and I'm gonna <laughs> hit up Zeb." Well, honestly, I, I hope they then, do strip her of her rank, dude. Because, because then they strip her. And then, and, and then she gets a hold of Zeb, and then they get a hold of Fulcrum, whatever that dude's name is, the old Fulcrum, and they get the whole band back together. <gasps> you got to be rebelling against something. There's, yes. there's no no shame in rebelling against the New Republic. Oh when you're my it, God! So. This is this is going to be Rebel season. So, five. is this I what mean, you look like when you fangirl? Is Callus yes. still alive? Okay, that's cute. Yeah, he's over. Like he's he's hanging out somewhere. I don't think he. We didn't we didn't hear about his death. So. No, no, he was he was alive at the end of Rebels, and okay, he went that, and lived yeah, with right, uh, Zeb's. Right. He he was basically welcomed yeah. in by Zeb's um, uh, species. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's but right. he probably. I imagine he, yeah, because that was the, that was the end of Jedi when they were doing that whole montage. Yeah, mm-hmm. spoilers, spoilers, Nick. Yeah, no, it would be really fun to see Callus show up again. Oh no, just Fulcrum. <laughs> He, Nick is never going to remember that by the time he gets to Rebels. He's got what? seven seasons of Clone Wars to get through. By the time he gets and to Rebels, a movie, yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be stuck on the Mortis trilogy by the time he gets to Rebels. So. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> um, It'll be a little little light in the back of his mind, like I remember this. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to this and go, "Oh my God, I get it. I get That's it all." What they're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and once you do watch all of those, Ahsoka's <laughs> gonna make you're gonna be like, oh my god, this is why Josh is fangirling so much. I get it now. Okay. Rebels is my is my favorite yes, series. Nick. Yes. So me too. that's well, why I, I get two episodes. Depending on how Ahsoka ends up or this Mandoverse, I don't know, man. This this all might be Trump and Ahsoka Rebels is Rebel season so. five. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um Thank you. Oh, I, I gotta tell my wife. Hey, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that such a great feeling? I wish I could have that feeling. Yeah. I'm never right, though. Um, 
I don't have much else to talk about for the episode before segments. Um, I did hear people complaining about that this episode does not move the plot forward. Um, would you guys agree with that, Nick? Do you think this is uh, this episode was more of a filler, or do you think the plot was still moved forward pretty well? I think the plot actually went forward, often. especially with um, <laughs> not very often. Okay, we we heard that, Steve. <laughs> I, I, I win an argument every time. I, so. <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, I mean, we found out that um, the not Ezra was, you know, <laughs> an expendable character. So um, again, his, his helmet is still in the opening the, credits. Wasn't that the Mando helmet? That was the um, several helmets, but his helmet is there. Yeah, so. it's still there. Dathomir's sister can reconjure him he's, if necessary. He's not the bad guy from from Hellboy. Okay, it's not like sand. <laughs> from, you just put sand in. back in him, and well, no, if, if he was <laughs> if he was conjured guy. if he was conjured by Morgan Elsbeth, I'm sure she could just do it again. Yeah, and who well, knows what yeah, she needed true. in order to get him. I would be so pissed if I was Merrick and but he the, just the keeps getting raised Finn, over Ahsoka, and over and like, dying. Like, Ugh. Shut up, bitch! Yeah, Power Rangers putty. It'd be like uh, it'd be like little <laughs> Nicky, oh where God. he dies all these different <laughs> times. Hilarious. Those stuntmen had a great. There's, a, there's a throwback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now the internal struggle with with Ahsoka definitely helped things go forward because you know i know some people have been complaining about her stoic attitude in the beginning with sabine and she didn't want to really go you know i don't really want her as an apprentice anymore because you know she left and then oh wait i so her working out some of her own demons and then coming back even stronger is a major plot point and which is why i think this now she <laughs> and well, regardless sorry, of that, it's just for a minute, as far as this story. <laughs> <laughs> you were Steve's head, and you did, you know, an okay job. Uh, yeah, um, got to get the camera directions going the right way. <laughs> what happened? Right when you were showing off um, your shirt, but I yeah, was, I, I was being your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were headless there, and um, but no, I think that all of that was core to the, her character and needed that in order for you to be ready to jump to the next like uh, to the next galaxy and save the day phil would you agree Actually, that the plot moved forward or was this more of a filler episode? i i think it i think it moved as far forward as it needed to for being the fifth episode of an eight episode series i mean it it served as our opening of the second half and we're again they're if they're trying to pace this to the point where they're going to do a second season then we can't go you know just immediately be like boom thrawn and go that's not how it's not how narrative structure works (laughs) have to be stakes created let me let me let me put my english degree to use (laughs) (laughs) that's not how the narrative structure would need to work in this case Are you actually reading that the the people think this didn't advance the plot? Yeah, I've read a lot of things about that, yeah. Josh spends too much time reading comments on social media. I spend a lot of time on social media, yes. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, it I don't is think they watch the same episode. right now. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they did either, Steve. I, I think I think it I, I think it was a perfectly fine step forward. I I don't think it needed to do more than it did. And I I think some of the complaints about it not being as plot heavy are just because it was a longer episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whales literally went forward through space. Like, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, they want. don't. I th- have you ever driven a whale, Steve? They don't <laughs> have a reverse gear. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think a big part of the complaint is that those people that are complaining no, are the same people that watched Rebels and Clone Wars, and they know all this stuff already. And so they're complaining because their plot didn't get moved forward, whereas the people that still need to get caught up are getting caught up in this episode and so yeah for someone like me that you know obsesses over rebels it might kind of have been considered a filler episode i still don't consider it a filler filler episode um i think nick is right in the fact that moving her character forward to becoming an actual jedi um to then train later on whatever it is um but i I, like i said i think the people complaining are just ones that wanted to see thrawn right now Instead of so are, are you are you saying that because we already knew that that whales obviously obviously she was gonna have to ride a whale to the to the next thing like we we knew we knew that but she didn't know that because she hadn't quite gotten there yet that that's why like, yeah, kind of I, I didn't know that yeah so and that's the, <laughs> and that's the whole point is like you didn't know that you didn't know anything about those Clone Wars battles you didn't know about the siege of Mandalore and to bring those back and catch you up mm-hmm. was the whole point of this episode and to actually drive it forward so and and we've gotten nods to the siege in uh, from Bo Katan yes. uh, in in Mando um, but not like an outright uh, scene scene I, we we saw. We saw the bombing. Yeah, well, that's two different. That's but that's two different, two different events. events. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. We we saw the the destruction, but that was not the overthrowing of Maul. That's that's right. not the whole. Right. If if Justin is still in the chat, you're about to see a paragraph of the entire timeline. The siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Like no. No. Favorite. Two two separate events, years apart. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree. It was not filler for me. Um, I the last thing I thought this was filler. No. Yeah. So, so to all you filler as folks, somebody out who's there, gone through Naruto go and away. One Piece, this enough was of not your filler, filler bustering. <laughs> <laughs> the filler, but the filler busters. The filler busters need to shut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna keep writing those people down in my um, toxicity tweets or whatever. <laughs> What was the that? X and, X and toxicity. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have yeah. switched. I have switched Twitter slash X over from for you to following, and so I don't see any of this garbage, and I'm much more. I'm having a much more peaceful life. I yeah. I also you know block any promoted tweet account that comes across. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Mm. Correct. I don't. I've, I don't. Spend I've been doing in, that for years though. So I don't spend. A lot of time on Twitter, like I'm there, but I see a lot of this stuff on like Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, people commenting on other things, and I've been in many, many arguments with uh, some people on Facebook. I actually am friends now with a couple people on Facebook from getting into arguments with them and having civilized debates, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, I log on to Facebook on my birthday, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> just to just to get that little shot of serotonin. How many yeah, of you love it. me? 
Okay. Just, I like I like him back. Sin of serotonin. Yeah, that's there's, funny. There's, no, there's nothing on Facebook that makes me go like I need to check this. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah, let's no, uh, let's hit those. Segments. Let's get it. Let's get out of here. Well, I, I know we uh, we're spending a lot of time on this episode. It, it was a great episode, and there was a lot to talk about. So I kind of expected it to go a little bit longer. But um, roll that beautiful bean footage. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go on to the first segment. Which is my favorite favorite scene of Boba Fett. Yeah, so cool. that was awesome. Still so good. I'd never seen that that cutscene you just created. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Um, thank you. This is the Starlight Killer scene, the part of the episode where we pick our favorite still shot from the episode or whatever we're talking about. Um, this week we're gonna start with our wonderful guest Nick. His shot comes in at the 18 minute mark. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about this shot? Oh. Oof. Uh, you know, when you see him walking away and he's got his lightsaber out and he's, you know, going into the fog, you're like Frey. And then you see the silhouette change to Vader and then back to him. It's almost like, you know, it's going to happen, but even still you see it happen. You're like, God damn, that's cool. Yeah. Like the, just the, the quick foreshadowing of what, you know, the duality of, yeah, you need to keep fighting and look what that happens to him because that's his mentality at that point is to just keep on fighting and then yeah i just it was that's... such a powerful image that i'm like ah oh. and there was a lot of powerful image that one just oh man yeah no, I went back man. and i saw that i was like shit that's so, a wonderful throwback to the original uh, phantom minutes like poster yes yes yes, yes. with jake yes. lloyd and the shadow up on the house going to be right. yeah. Uh, with Nick, somewhere around here, I still actually have the theatrical release poster from uh, That's episode so cool. three uh, that has oh nice Anakin with his cape billowing up into Vader's helmet, and it's like ah, oh. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So excellent shot, absolutely choice. Yeah, agreed. Um, I I will throw out. So Steve joined really, really quick. Um, I didn't have any time to pick any segments for him. Um, That's so, fine. so we got you Justin. Pick my segments on the finale. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but Justin's Ow, scene but... was kind of along the same lines with um, uh, Anakin shifting back and forth between Vader and Anakin as he approached Ahsoka. <clears throat> yeah, and this this so scene good. was was really good. I'm I'm really disappointed that Justin's not here to talk about it because it, it was one of the cooler shots. Um, both of those scenes where he morphs from Anakin to Vader and just kind of reminding Ahsoka of what he became mm -hmm. and where she is heading if she continues down, you know, the path of... Because... His path, I, basically. I, it's, yeah, it's such and, a nice nod to Empire, to the, yeah. the, the cave scene from empire yeah with yeah exactly uh, with luke fighting the vision of vader and mm -hmm. seeing his own face in the helmet after right. he kills him it's um, it's such a yeah, such a nice absolutely. nod to that and i so. i think ahsoka kind of using the dark side in the last episode a little bit because she absolutely tapped into it when she threw shit against the wall oh, and, yeah yeah and and fighting Balin as well when when she, he gets under her skin and she just drop kicks his ass like <laughs> she was absolutely tapping into the dark side there a little bit and so for her to 
come to the realization that what she was doing was taking her down a path similar to Vader um, was was really cool, and and I appreciate that a lot. So, but also uh, I, I think he's also showing like, hey, you know, maybe I mean, yes, I committed some atrocities, and it was the wrong time in that path, but in the end it seems that anakin achieved balance through you know channeling both rage mm-hmm. and serenity mm-hmm. which the jedi were like no like no anger no emotion no nothing and it got them all killed yeah, yeah. so like you need to find the balance yep your anger can be useful yep. just don't give in to it use it absolutely now now i'm quoting blade trinity go back and rewatch those i saw the first one again fairly recently oh blade one is so so the first one is up. still the best. It was, it up, anybody, anybody that can say the last line he says, you know, some motherfuckers, motherfuckers always, always trying, trying to ice skate, skate uphill. <laughs> actually, my, my favorite—it it still remains like my favorite scene in in all of Marvel. I'm gonna give uh, it, I'm, I'm gonna give it up there in my top five. All of Marvel is he comes into the hospital and the cops shoot him. What <laughs> the fuck are you out your damn mind? What the fuck are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, love I, I dialogue, love, I love, dialogue is only Wesley Snipes could deliver. I yeah. love Marcel Ali, but I really right? hope they don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. They on the still, other side they of still the need strike. to write it. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see on the other side of the strike with real writers and not AI. Yep. Um, right. Phil's shot comes in at the twenty-six minute and thirty-six second mark, and it is. It was a shot oh, that I was going to choose as well, but. Um, <laughs> Phil got it. So tell us about this shot. Uh, so this is uh, Ahsoka after her encounter with Anakin as the world between worlds is beginning to uh, dissipate as she's starting to kind of return to the real world. And it's just such a gorgeous reflection shot because you have mm-hmm. Ahsoka standing on the pathway. You get her reflection below. You get kind of rainfall and the the world between worlds is just kind of melting around her and it's absolutely gorgeous um this episode this episode and my shot from last week uh of her uh with her duel with balin mm-hmm. they have been killing it on the background work in these um it's absolutely gorgeous and just showcases uh the incredible work by the vfx team Yep. So, and Dave is really good at these wide shots. Um, he's yeah. really and, and just those things, that so. she's slightly out of center, that yeah. she's not, you know, mm-hmm. that it's zoomed back, that it's the wide shot, that it's her slightly off center. It, it's just, it's a well framed shot. You get it's, just enough of the reflection below her to still make it obvious that it's, you know, a reflection. Mm-hmm. It just a well, you know, well done scene. Just a, a really well filmed scene. Absolutely, I um, think that one could be a a, a painting. Yeah, and people, I know people that, that know could what, be, yeah. you could you could sell prints of that. I would love to have that on yeah. my wall. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, and and yeah, Nick, <laughs> yeah Nick, <definitely. laughs> hey buddy, I had uh, actually had some art ideas <laughs> from from this. Um, there was that scene where. Um, they were standing at the edge of the um, 
I don't know what would you call it the the diet you see like the water yeah when they're at the edge um, of the, when not, they're at the but henge. the side view yeah when oh. the robot mm. is holding her helmet oh yeah yes. with Hu Yang with Hu Yang holding Sabine's yeah. helmet yeah it's like half of it is just the ocean and the other one is just the I'm like I yeah yeah right there yeah that could be a poster right there yeah. Um, um, Hu Yang holding her helmet was very reminiscent of young Boba holding Jango's holding, helmet. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Such Another a nice nod. Such a nice nod to episode two. Uh, Again, and, callbacks, and, man. And in that uh, earlier in that sequence, we also got Hera using the little, the little, the the big handheld scanner. Yes, from Empire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we saw those in Empire on Hoth. <laughs> I was like, ah. Yep. Um, speaking of shots that I would love to have a poster of, my Starlight Killer scene comes in at the 28 minute and 39 second mark, and it's one of my favorite shots of the entire (laughs) series so far. Um, and this is something that's very reminiscent, and it's, it's very reminiscent of Rebels when you'd see the ghost come in a lot, you know, you'd see Mm -hmm. these kind of shots with like Ezra standing there and you see the ghost coming Anytime they're coming back in to land on Lothal, any Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, it... I had th- three or four different shots that I wanted to, to choose from, and and now now on these episodes I've just been showing my shots as the episode goes on because like I just can't choose one, so I just gotta show them all. But this one was, I don't know, it spoke to me a little bit because it was just like, fuck, man, this is awesome. This is like something that as a Star Wars fan, I have wanted for a long time to have have a show that makes me feel again, you know. Um, Andor did a really good job with that, but Ahsoka and Mandalorian have been really, really tugging on on my Star Wars heartstrings, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it a lot. They've um, been hitting the emotional tones really, really well. Um, yeah. Which, uh, in Ahsoka especially, is a testament to Filoni's writing. Absolutely. Now, if only we could get those heartstrings tugged on in a movie theater. Oh, uh, it'll happen. Could've. It's coming. Well, you not really. Could've. I guess you guys in California can. You could have, but they it was it was released in such limited amount of theaters. They did a highly limited theatrical release for this episode, actually. What? Yeah. Oh, you know, you guys mentioned mentioned that, but I thought you were talking about something else. There was one in L.A. You guys could have totally made that one, (laughs) but there was nothing close to Omaha. You know, I have started doing panoramic uh, travel posters for Star Wars, so maybe I need to do one for for this planet. Come you know. visit, you know, lovely warm Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right? No tattoos. Some of those posters please. out there are Sunny just kind of boring. <laughs> no tattoos. <laughs> so good. Um, well, excellent uh, picks, so guys. These were just you don't, wonderful. You don't have mine uh, like drawn up, but mine, of course, would be when the pearl just rises in front of Ahsoka. Yeah. I think Dave, Dave oh, yeah. only was watching Firefly when he uh, throws <laughs> that scene. And so. Wonderful. Good call. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I was actually, I was actually sitting there on my couch going like, oh. And then like right after I made the gesture with my hand for it those of you up. listening in podcast land, like <laughs> I just raised my hand and then sure enough, like the purgle came up to face her. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the only place he could have been. Yeah. Uh, that kind of reminded me of when Darth Vader's TIE fighter rose up in Rebels and he was standing on top of it in front of Ezra and it kind of rises up in front of him. 
I think it was season two that that happens. But was it was it rising up? Or I think he was coming down. Like he was standing on top of it, but he was coming down. Oh, the was he coming the... down? That's right. Okay, but yeah. either he coming into the shot basically. It was exactly. kind of yeah. like that. But and it was like uh, I think they're here. Yeah, but excellent picks, guys. Um, they just keep getting better and better, and this season definitely warrants a uh, nice collage at the end um, that I will build with all of our different shots because they have been wonderful. So let's move on to the next segment for this week. Which, as always, is the one-chimer segment, the part of the show where we talk about our favorite set of dialogue from each episode. Um, so let's keep that trend running and go with Nick. Here's his set uh, one-chimer. <laughs> Your son, they know where Sabine was taken. I have no idea. What? No idea. We'll just see where it goes. It could go anywhere. I know. That's better than going nowhere. So I had to throw. So good, man. I had to throw all of that in there because the the original line from Nick is, um, "It's better than going better nowhere." Than but I had just that whole scene is so. But yeah, good. there's the context yeah. to it. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. And Hu Yang is just wonderful in that. <laughs> it's, it's, Again, David Tennant, delightful. Yeah, yeah it's a very like. You know, way of looking at it, like it's not the journey, it's it's not the destination, it's the journey, and that's kind of where she's going on with that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't try, you're never gonna know. And at least if we're going somewhere instead of nowhere, so I just I thought that was incredibly poignant. Definitely. So everyone, everyone took my one. This week. I guess. <laughs> hey, you still get it covered. Hey, this just just means you know. We're all in the same wavelength, which is a-okay. Yeah. And it's it's definitely foreshadowing that we're probably not going to see Thrawn until the last episode. We're probably not going to see much probably of not. those guys because Ahsoka's going to get taken to this other galaxy and have no clue where she is. So, Or they and just get lucky. Are expensive. But, you think um, we're going to have an episode of like, the whales like hopping around until they find the right place? Like, uh, <laughs> like in Guardians of the Galaxy, where they just keep trend. galaxy hopping? I think they're going to have a uh, dance party first. <laughs> for a gold oh, road no. trip. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm thinking more uh, <laughs> for the, any Battlestar fans in the house. Ah. There's, a, there's, a, there's an episode where they're trying to track the some Cylon ship and, and the, the thing just keeps jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. It's like there's an episode where they just light jump about seven times and they're trying to catch up with this thing each time they jump the 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 one of the characters is having an existential crisis in a in a in a world between worlds i made the connection yeah um but yeah excellent. i'm kind of BSG waiting for uh, December the enterprise crew in their stolen klingon bird uh <laughs> come and try to take one of the whales because their <laughs> future is being you know <laughs> Are we going Star Trek here. 4 right now? Is that what's going on? What's <laughs> happening? Sorry. He went, he went Battlestar. I'm like, all right. That's so funny. I got to um, gotta mention the, the elephant. Excellent picnic. Thank you for that one. Now we've gone like full circle. Oh, man. We're going to move on to Justin's one-chimer real quick and play that. <laughs> Even though he's not here, he had a wonderful segment for this. This so. one's for you, Justin. Yes. 
One is never too old to learn, Snips. First time you see Anakin actually say Snips to Ahsoka. I mean, we heard it in the last episode, but it wasn't like that. Yeah, you don't get to see Hayden Christensen deliver the line. And it's such a nice callback, again, to to Clone Wars, where, you know, the nickname is just thrown in as a great establishing moment where it's like, we don't know how these two met, but they have this bond already. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's played for very well here. Yeah, I agree. And it was, it's, it's a, it's a great pick. It's like one of the first lines of the entire show. And uh, I thought it was a and really thing, so. sets up the whole experience for Ahsoka in the world between worlds. Yep, yep. Um, so thank you, Justin, for that pick. Um, let's go on to Phil's one chimer. Yeah, she is tenacious. So was her master. Yeah. What was he like? Intense. Music change. Mm-hmm. As you get about what to you say. get some uh, you get a slight musical cue toward uh, the Imperial March. Uh, you get just that kind of key change going there, um, and then Hu Yang just with that one line. Because it's like okay, of the people in the ship, Hu Yang is the only person who actually knows who Ahsoka's master was. Yeah. And, I was right behind her. And they all met Darth Vader. They've met they Vader. Know. That's the thing. Hera yeah. knows knew, uh, at this point, knew Vader. You know, they fought against him. But that she never had that connection uh, between him and Ahsoka is... It's played that, so well here. I don't think even, even Kanan didn't know that no. Vader was Anakin. No. The only time you see it is when Ahsoka hits the side of the mask off. That's when, like, she realizes Mm -hmm. that Anakin is Darth Vader. Yeah, but a bit even like when when Vader first comes into Rebels, like he's just like, I felt like I feel it, but he didn't go like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. He he just he felt the he felt the the Sith like it's a there's an evil presence. Yep. The last thing I want to say about that one liner is Doctor Hu Yang's um, eyes (laughs) when he like he does like the. Uh, he, he does the Michael Scott look where he's like, you've been waiting all episode to intense. make that, huh? Dr. Oh, I, I've been doing it all season. Yeah. <laughs> he's Professor Hu Yang. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that he'd, he, David Tennant had already been, uh, the doctor prior to his casting. Oh, in, right. In, oh yeah. Uh, Clone Wars. And so that they threw him a character with who in the name was, just clearly a, nice a reference to yeah. his, his most previously well-known yeah. role. So. There's, a, there's another accidental one uh, where Peter Capaldi is in um, World War Z as a, as a doctor health or- in the World Health Organization. Yeah. His, 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 his doctor. So, and that was before he was cast in the role. It was great. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. So Well, he'd been in uh, Torchwood at that point. Uh, really? the, the Doctor Who spinoff. He'd been in Torchwood uh, before World War Z. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, but I, I love. I just love his little facial expression because it's that total Michael Scott. He sucked. <laughs> uh, but excellent yeah. pick, um, Phil. Thank you for that yeah. one. I, that was another one that was gonna be one that I wanted to pick. Um, but I did. I made our notes like the second this episode ended. I made our note sheet that we all fill out because I wanted to put my one chimer in there before anyone else claimed it. And Justin tried, but I shot his <laughs> ass down. Um, my one chimer is this one. What just happened? Jason has abilities. His father, Kanan Jarrus, was a Jedi. Okay. We better get on it then. <laughs> Lander! It's so good. <laughs> I mean, I can't say much. It's just, it's it's such a perfect little piece of lore dump. Again, like, and it's so subtle, but the audience, <laughs> like, when this aired, and, and I, I watch it with my girlfriend all the time, and I looked back at her, and she's like, okay, that makes sense. I'm like, that's exactly what the entire audience is thinking when Hu Yang says says that. They're like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, moving on." Like and just the dry response from Tiva. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I've seen crazier <laughs> things. <laughs> so I, I really my, my, my backup would have been another uh, Carson Tiva line of, "Well, you're not going to believe me, but okay." Yeah. And then they just and then, <laughs> and they just they, they smash cut away from his entire explanation. Yeah, I love that. Carson had some really Once good lines. Once upon a time. Yep. But so that... there's these space whales. <laughs> yeah, that particular <laughs> thing though was just it just it made me laugh so much because I'm like that is the entire audience that has never seen Rebels right there. <laughs> like he is speaking for the entire audience when he says, "Cool, moving on." <laughs> so. Well, and so is Hu Yang. He's like, "Hey, how many people don't know who that this kid's father was a Jedi?" Yeah. Right. Right, so just an awesome episode of lore dump and bringing people to speed, and now everyone is on the same page. I feel like, and we all know what's what's going on. So it's time to get to the meat of this story. Um, excellent picks, guys, for the one chimers. Um, as always, I love doing that segment. It's one of my favorites. So let's go on to the third and final segment of the evening. <laughs> Which is the Tuscan Raider, the part of the show where we rate each episode out of 10. And we're going to rate this one out of 10. Purgles. We've done Purgles already, though. Let's do, oh, okay. uh, let's do 10 Clone Wars. 10 Clones. Clones. There we go. 10 Clones. Thank you. 10 Sieges of Mandalore. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, Nick. Parsecs. Ah, okay. Courtesy of Castle Run. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick, what would you rate this episode out um, of 10? I think it was probably a high 8. Okay. Because there's always room for improvement. And it's no Empire, so that's like a 10. <laughs> All right. High 8. So um, I'll, say, I'll yeah. say what? 8.5? eight. Sure, or eight point seven five. Sure, oh, we're gonna make him do five. more Let's complicated do That's math. fine, yeah. whatever. Dude. Oh, we all have he has a calculator. <laughs> it's a good thing. Thank he has God, a I have a calculator. <laughs> Fucking a. Um, Steve, what I would you? Go even worse, like eight point nine two. Bring it. I'll do it. Here we go. Nine two. There we go. Steve, what's your rating for this episode? 
it, it seems to be a tradition at this point, but I, I keep getting these these good niner episodes. So I'm gonna. I think my last rating was a nine. I forget what my Andor was, but I don't care. And I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give this one I'm gonna give this one a nine and keep the trend going because I really I really enjoyed it. All right. And I'm really enjoying this fifth season of Rebels. Yeah. It is it was it was my favorite. I continue it's the only one I've actually rewatched on a on a regular basis. And Nick, when you get to it, um Kanan is not only my favorite it's my favorite series, Kanan is my favorite Jedi. Of, of, and, all right. and he's voiced Looking by Freddie Prince him. Jr. Yeah. Oh, he's my favorite Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, no, he's he's spectacular in the role. He really is. Wait a minute, it's are there any really different. good Freddie Prince Jr. roles other than Kane? Um, have you seen uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer? <laughs> uh, no, hang on. Yeah. No. I, I actually worked I with him on 24. I forgot actually, yeah, He was okay in 24, but you know everyone is just kind of okay next to Jack Bauer. <laughs> but he was a he was a he was a except for Tony Almeida. Tony <laughs> Almeida. <laughs> no, he was he was spectacular as Fred in Scooby Doo. Ah, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, perfect. But uh, I'll, I'll give him Kanan. That, that's my favorite. Fred now, now I understand why Empire is is not your favorite movie. <laughs> no, Freddie Prince Jr. Because you've been drinking too much. <laughs> oh. <Arr! laughs> Phil, what would you rate this episode out of ten? Uh, I I got to go with Steve on this one. I got to call it a nine. Um, in the my only real complaint uh, is that we didn't get voice bits from Ashley Eckstein and Dee Bradley Baker, mm. uh, or just voice bits in the world. Or, between or, worlds. Or, yeah, no voice bits in the world between worlds would have been spectacular, but maybe overlapping too much with the whole bit they do with May uh, in the sequel trilogy when she gets all of the different Sith uh, and Jedi uh, oh, voice yeah. flashes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're so, also assuming that I the same that thing. May I don't have been think like that was the real world between purgatory. worlds. Yep, yeah, I don't think it was yeah. the real world between uh, worlds. Well, I mean, she there was no portal. That mm -hmm. we saw, there was no physical transportation that we saw. So yeah, um, the steps. But though. point being, we're we're still seeing something that is this show's equivalent to the world between worlds, mm -hmm. and maybe that just has to do with where Anakin is at this point. Yeah. Regardless, that would have been the only kind of thing that I could have seen bumping this episode up higher. Um, I would have loved to see it in one of those theatrical runs, but there that was not logistically doable. Uh, and honestly, that's the only thing other thing I can think of that might have bumped that up from a nine to a ten. Fair. Yeah, it was it was pretty stellar. Uh, best episode of the season so far. Yeah. Um, I I, I hold out there. a little a bit of a score. I mean, I I think. Thrawn's actual appearance might bump an episode up above a ten. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this he's handled. This one goes to eleven. This yeah. one goes to eleven. <laughs> Why not just make ten louder? <laughs> but um, but this one goes to eleven. Got <laughs> good old spinal taps. So. Justin, we've already this had a stone. You're not as confused as Nigel. We've already <laughs> we've already had a Stonehenge. 
<laughs> we uh, could have a tiny version of the henge from Cetos at some point. Just... Oh my god. <laughs> you guys. You guys are killing me. Now, um, I want to see... <laughs> I want to see Spinal Tap performing at the Henge of Cetos. Star Wars music for music. Oh my god. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. I think I still have Spinal Tap on DVD. I should watch that. It's um, so much fun. So good, I'm sure yeah. it's streaming somewhere. It's gotta yeah. be. I thought that we about need, Little Giants, need, but it wasn't. We need a version of it with the uh, band from Star Wars Visions. <laughs> That's awesome. That's okay. That would be the only time. That was my least favorite episode of Visions. I, I know it was, like... and that's why I brought it up again. <laughs> same song. Same, same song. song. Same song. Same song. Um, so Justin rated this episode a nine point five, which is is fair. Um, I okay. Little backstory. I usually don't do this this early on in seasons. I usually wait till later. Um, last week I rated the episode a nine point five. This week I'm giving it a straight ten. Drum roll. Um, okay. it's that, there's and, no build up necessary for that and the, <laughs> this this might be the first time that I've ever rated two episodes at a 10 um, if we get to the end of this series and or season and, and there's Thrawn and it's a good introduction and stuff that could very well be a 10 <laughs> as well um, but yeah I, I loved every second of this every callback um, every scene that we got to see in live action the things that were introduced to us. Um, I wanted to bring back Boba's bounty just to talk about Rex and ha. bring him into live action finally. And give us you know, more tomorrow, Morrison. Yeah, and and Purgles and seeing them in all their glory. Yeah, we've seen some like reflections of them and and seen them a little bit from you know far away, but like to see them huge and and to see like. All of that was was incredible. So I'm definitely rating this a ten. So you're still um, giving it a ten, even though we had the non-sag purgles there with the um, animation Scab problems. <laughs> yeah, and animation problems aside, I, I will ignore all of that for an amazing story. You know that that none of that stuff matters as long as the story is incredible. And, and I think that this story was was incredible this episode was one of the best pieces of star wars that we've gotten in a long time so i i, I have That's to rate it a 10. um that brings our final score up to a 92.84 thanks for that um but that's really funny because that goes almost exactly to what people rated it on twitter which was a 92.7 not bad so even a broken clock is right, right twice a day. So, <laughs> so we're very, very um, on par with it seems to be, you know, and there was 55 votes on Twitter. So a good amount of people voted for it. It wasn't like it was three people or anything. But um, but yeah, it seems like the general consensus is this was one of the, the better episodes of any Star Wars that we've seen in a long time. So um, wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's going to be it for this week, basically, though. Nick, why don't you tell everyone where uh, they can find you? Uh, well, I have my main uh, store online at dreamforger.com. And then I'm also on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Um, I've got threads. really uses threads. Mm. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I'm all over the place. Try to, 
I try to post often, but you know, I'm always coming up with the uh, new stuff. And if you can join my uh, Patreon, you can even just follow for free. But if you can, you know, throw in a few bucks a month, I do postcards that I send out. Um, there's exclusive portraits. I do some coloring pages based on the art, and each month has a different theme. Like I just did uh, Evil Dead for um, for so um, yeah. Nice. And of course, all of those all of those links are going to be in our show notes. So um, the Patreon link, the Instagram, the Twitter, all of that stuff will be there. So um, definitely go give Nick a follow and and support, you know, starving artists because we're all starving artists. I was honestly I was browsing your uh, your website here in between segments. So you got some good shit. You got some good stuff. That's neat. Um, I'll I'll put a picture of the. of the Mandalorian uh, aim to misbehave yeah. poster that was created the, um, for Comic Con. I'll put that on Twitter. Travel posters are fun shit. I love yeah. that. So the white I'm working on the fifth one. I'm working on the fifth one as we speak. Nice. nice. Very nice. Steve, man. why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and what you do? I got a few things going on in the side hustle realm. Um, I'm a woodworker. This is this is the only thing I have in my vicinity, but it's a actual piece of Paduke that's cut to look like a ruby nice. and it's got my qr code on the back of it so they can take it off of the art and scan it hey that's cool uh, that's, that's what i do i do i do some custom woodworking and let's see i'm on i'm on the twitter and the instagram and all that Ta-da-da. Uh-huh. Uh, silly me i do i did them both in different names so i'm sure if you just do <laughs> sincere you'll you'll find me somewhere and then i actually have a second instagram now because i do a vintage t-shirt upcycle flip thing it's called t upcycles and i just sold my first one after trying out the new venture and it happened to be a mandalorian shirt with baby yoda on it so that's awesome i will time. have to check that out man yeah uh t underscore nice. up underscore cycle okay. and then come tomorrow my wife and i are heading off to ireland and tuscany and venice for our honeymoon we've been married for 10 years Dude. <laughs> Congrats, Congrats on the, Congrats yeah. on the anniversary, and That's I'm finally awesome. getting to take that trip. Yeah, finally indeed. It's yeah. Once I get, That's once great. we get back, yeah. I will be beginning the advertising and, and pu- uh, pushing for my first podcast, which is a Battlestar Galactica 20 year anniversary rewatch, where I have seen it multiple times, and my friend has seen it multiple times, but my friend Chester has not. Ah, so the sudden but it. inevitable rewatch. <laughs> I hope we, we, if we can have it on your network, I'm totally down. Hey, uh, get we at will me. Be doing, we, we can yeah. we can chat. Unlike uh, there's several other Battlestar rewatch podcasts out there, but they all did it without worrying about spoilers because it's a 20 year ish year old show. But we will be doing it spoiler free. So if you also have not seen Battlestar Galactica, you can watch along with us. I have not seen we Battlestar. Might, we might, we might I, I have I seen I have seen bits of the original and I have seen bits of Caprica. So I'm on either side for mm. whatever reason I'm on either side of the Galactica gap. I I don't know. The, I'm, the I'll have to check that 20-year-old one is a hard re, is a pretty hard reboot of the 1970s classic. There's mm-hmm. a few elements. And it's Ronald Moore. There's, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, not Denmark's. There are about two, maybe three episodes that are like directly taken from the original, and other than that, it's pretty much its own show. Yeah. And of no. course, Richard Hatch, uh, yeah. Richard Hatch came oh. over from from one to the other, which was a, a spectacular jump. 
Indeed it was. I'm glad they didn't go with the other one where uh, Dirk Benedict was supposed to play God, and he said no. And I think Thank that's you. the smartest decision anyone has ever made. Yeah, no, I might have to uh, see about catching up on that so I can jump on there with you. Now, point. if he played That'd Face, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that crossover yeah. from the A-team stuff, man. <laughs> God, that's the second A-team reference I've gotten today. This is horrible. <laughs> The okay, 2019 has direct Cylon. Star Trek. That been brilliant. I'll be dropping that dun, dun, in uh, December of this year, right on the anniversary, the 20th anniversary. And fingers crossed that I have learned enough about podcasting from you guys that I can do it myself. Hey, man, I you can always you, hit me up. That theme song is stuck in your head, isn't it, Phil? It's been in there all day. It, it literally has been in there since like 10 o'clock this morning. Like, the age of the, the awesome TV theme songs. That's fucking great. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, I, I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm in the rare minority where I actually appreciated the Liam Neeson reboot. Uh, I liked it. It wasn't bad. Charlotte, I did I too, actually. Too. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to thank you guys all again for joining us. Of course, all of the links that we have just mentioned, including Phil's links um, that he's you know they're all in the show notes so um definitely go click click on those follow everyone um support the local artists support the uh underground podcasters um we wouldn't do this stuff if we didn't have you know friends that actually listen to the show so um definitely uh definitely watch out for steve's battlestar show coming out soon i am going to be checking that out because i've never seen battlestar so i will definitely be uh following along and enjoying it. We're gonna try and even do like a like thirty second short films to go with every episode, where it's like a Battlestar Galactica lower decks kind of a thing. Hey, that's I cool. Need, I need to either find a way to have a, a green screen or an actual set and figure it out. But get a green screen, dude. Like Amazon, twenty bucks, yeah. you'll be fine. Uh, and, then, and then figure out how to use it. It's oh, it's, it's easy, really easy. Yeah. yeah. Or you could just so, use one of those jib jab animations. You know, just put the. Face on a doll and oh my god! It, it would be too like throughout the throughout the series. Spoiler alert: There's the pilots and the and the mechanics and the command. They all have character arcs, but the Marines are just kind of there. And so I always want to do like the every episode. The Marines are just like down in the deck. What like, are they doing? <laughs> well, everybody one's, else is one's, one will never put down the newspaper, and the other one's like, is that the, is that the nuclear alarm? Yeah, probably. Oh my goodness. Okay, cool. We're in space. What the fuck are gonna do? Well, this has been been a ton of fun, guys. Thank you all again so much for coming on the show. Um, We are going to get out of here. We've been doing this for over two hours now, so I believe it's time for us to maybe uh, get some sleep. I know it's it's almost midnight where I'm at right now, and I got to work tomorrow. So um, it's going to, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of sign-off. We'll go me, Phil, Steve, then Nick, and then all carry us out. So for QuestMe, I have been your host. I'm Phil. I'm Justin Stunt Double. <laughs> I'm Nick. <laughs> and of course, my name is Josh. We will see you all again next week. May the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>